Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio. Man, this is weird. I normally do the uh, ads before the show, so like with, maybe, with no one else in the room, right? No, That's yeah, different. It's so weird because I love having you guys here. Uh, uh, about an hour before the show, guys, I sit here, and if you listen to the show, you hear my me just talking to the random air, and it always seems so weird. But uh, tonight, it just seemed perfect because tonight's ad is Velocity Sports Equipment, maker of Infinity Rigs, um, and it happens our guest tonight, Josh Gerard. We're doing it after the show. Uh, I also tell you guys about the guest coming up. So yeah, you guys are about to hear our guest, Josh Gerard, in a little bit. We'll talk about his ad. <laughs> just forget you heard this part. Yeah, no, no. I always, <laughs> I always mention that they're going to be on the show. But until uh, then, Josh, man, we all jump Infinities. What, what is your favorite thing about Infinities? Yeah, you know, it started my my first Infinity. Uh, you know, I've had two uh, of their rigs, and and I think that um, they seem. You know, I've jumped just from competitions and stuff like that. I've jumped a couple other rigs as turn rigs and whatnot, and. But my Infinity is always like my number one rig, and, and a lot of it has to do with the fit, the finish, um, the polish on the rig is just is is really second to none when it comes to like, um, you know, just all the small details, all the things that um, you know you would expect from from you know just that high level manufacturer is always always there. Um, I mean, and it's the small things. It's about how, you know, the flaps fit. It's about how everything comes together. It's about just how bulletproof, you know, the actual rig is itself. I'm hard on stuff. I'm hard on my equipment. That's just kind of, I mean, inside of skydiving and outside, I'm always hard on my equipment. And it's just, um, it's not that I, I don't take care of, of it, but I expect it to perform at a level that, um, you, you know, that, that, it, that it needs to because I'm, because yeah, I'm a you know forward jumper, competitive jumper, so it needs to be able to do two, you know twelve, fourteen jumps in a day and all that. So I expect it to perform at that level, and there's just very little I can do to you know to kind of you know to to kind of get that rig to show wear or um, uh, you, you know to, to really kind of to do anything to it, even though it's it's been through hundreds and hundreds of jumps, man. It looks like it's brand new. So um, just really that that performance value is super great. Man, comfort for me, it was a huge part of why I went with Infinity and Valerie for me is is the telltale. She had a javelin and I javelin's a fucking dope rig, man. They're phenomenal. No no beef out with them at all. Uh and she bought a, a a Infinity as her backup rig. She's like, Well, I need a backup rig. I know you like Infinities. I think I'm gonna go ahead and try an Infinity. It's my backup rig. She was it was her first weekend of four way training where she had to do back to backs. And the next weekend, she wasn't doing four-way training. She was doing AFF, and she asked us to have her primary main switch to her Infinity. And I said, why? She goes, that's my primary rig. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever jumped. Dude, the leg pads are, you know, I've got the, the super wide leg pads, and they're so comfortable, especially when you're in the saddle, you know, all day, when you're doing those 12, 14-jump days. And, you know, you just you just came off a hard four-way jump, and then, you know, you're riding to the ground. But it's just people underestimate that comfort as something that's not just about, Oh, I'm comfortable. I'm not, it's, you know, it's fatigue. It helps with fatigue. It helps to make sure that you can, if you're uncomfortable, you're going to get tired a lot quicker. Um, so being able to, to, to kind of ride that comfort down to the ground is makes a big difference in a, in a long day for, for those that are working in the industry or, or, you know, competing or anything like that. Even just for your average fun jumper, man, four or five jumps in a day. And and a lot of people will put a rig on their back. It's, you don't spend much time with a rig on your back. You spend a lot of time with your rig and on your ass. You sit in the harness, right? Nick, what's your favorite part about your infinity? Man, there are a couple of things, I guess. I mean, everything that you guys have talked about certainly rings true. The comfort of the rig is a big thing. The way it fits against my back, the, the giant, uh, wide leg pads also feel, feel great. Uh, I like the the size of of my rigs. Yeah. They're really great at uh, sizing and shaping. Uh, I've got a tiny, weird, little, oddly proportioned body, <laughs> and uh, my rig fits me great. But uh, a big thing for me is their willingness to customize the rig. It's like, man, I've 
uh, I was on an, uh, an event recently where I was the only person not jumping. Uh, I won't even say the name of the other manufacturer, but I was the person that stood out as not having the same rig as everybody else. And uh, man, that gave me satisfaction of like, man, I've never been the sort of person that wants to fit in. It's like, man, I, li- I like sticking out. Like I like being yeah. different and uh, the way that they're willing to customize a rig certainly lets me be myself on uh, on the rig. And it's just cool, uh, you know, knowing uh, knowing the people that, that uh, work in production, that build the rigs. It's like, man, I know this sort of business that uh, that I want to support. And uh, Velocity Sports, uh, they're, they're definitely that business. That's, that's you know, the customer service is, you know, one of the other things that really stood out. I remember at my first, my very first rig was an Infinity, and it was custom, you know, some camo and all this other good stuff. And I mean, not, not that custom, but it was still, you know, it, it, you know, I chose my own stuff, you know. It looked good. It was, yeah, yeah great. And, uh, I think it was like probably three years after I bought it and VSC came to the drop zone. There were some people there and, and, uh, I introduced myself and, and, uh, hi, uh, yeah, I'm Josh Sherrard. And they looked at me like multi-cam rig, green webbing. And I'm like, what? And I mean, years down the road, they just put a name with, this is your rig. I'm like, dude, you can't, I was, I was just absolutely blown away. And then, then that's continued when I ordered my second rig, just once again, there, the artistry in the rig. I mean, they, and, their willingness to work with you and the customer service second. Yeah, it's definitely just very, very personalized experience yeah. and it's, it's super great to uh, just feel like you're connected with, uh, with, with people when you, uh, when you order a rig from there. It's, it's so neat to hear that those are people's favorite things. I've been working with infinity since 99 now and it's, it's been a really good time. Uh, but recently a good friend of ours, Brian Menard hit me up and he said, Hey man, I love the custom rigs you and Nick get. Um, do you guys get those custom designed by Infinity just because you're sponsored, or like how do you get those designs? How do I, how, how does whoever? I'm like, yo, here's Blake. Uh, Blake has now moved on. Super good guy. He's just uh, hiking the Pacific Coast Trail. No <laughs> shit, no joke. Um, but I hooked him up with Blake. Blake helped him design a rig. It was a matter of a couple hours before he had the design nailed down. And it wasn't because Brian is anybody special. And by the way, Brian is a f- special motherfucker in my heart, man. Special. He is fucking phenomenal. But Brian to, to Infinity wasn't anybody special. He was another customer, and every customer is special. They'll help anybody design a rig. They'll help anybody do whatever it is. And it's we, we don't get special favors with the rig designs we get. We're treated the same as everybody else. And I, and I love that customization. I love the small mom-and-pop organizations. One of, one of the reasons a lot of manufacturers have super long turn times is they have large military contracts, and good for them. I, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, military contracts really are a big part of what keep our industry moving and turning. But Velocity Sports Equipment is a small sports-oriented company. They don't work with a lot of military. They, they want to work with fun jumpers. They want to work with sport jumpers. They will call you by name. They do want to know who you are. They want to know about your gear. And something that's been really neat to see with that personalization and that customization is it's not uncommon. They will actually ask your dealer to take pictures of you in a known rig. Josh won't fit my rig, but if they could see a picture of Josh wearing my rig and they know the exact measurements of that rig because they built it and then compare it to your measurements, the fit that I've seen since they've started taking that extra step is even that much better. So they really care. They really want to make it a personal experience. I'm, I'm not shocked that they knew and recognized your rig. Um, I do, uh, you know, Nick and I were lucky to work behind the scenes with Infinity for some projects and, and, and I still get to regularly and I, I hear them nonstop talk about customers by name and tell stories about customers regularly because they're one of the family they're one of that in the part of the infinity group so guys and gals if you want to jump something super comfortable super durable super custom and you want to support family you want to support a family-owned 
grassroots business, Velocity Sports Equipment is where it's at. Mention Gravity Lab Radio. You will get a free mesh backpad upgrade. And uh, Blake, we miss your ass, brother. Guys and gals, Josh Gerard will be on the show here in a couple minutes. Josh, get out of my house. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Is known for so if I'm going to be like super cats. racist yes. and like say which yeah race, you're Asian so you talk so about like it. Uh, yeah like I, now I'm racist <laughs> Filipinos eat dog I know that because they fed me dog um, that <laughs> did not tell me it was dog they told me some Tagalog name for I know, it I know what I'm looking out for at the next family reunion oh dude and I tried it it was really good and after I enjoyed some they said that's dog by the way I'm like no shit they showed me the wrapper I'm like fuck well it was good I'll eat more. Gentlemen, what's up, man? Hey. I ate Fido. Grandma got run over. I think I timed that one pretty well. <laughs> yeah, man. Just came in on random eating dog talk. Yeah, oh yeah, God. great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Fucking racist thing. Man, it's been a while, guys. It has been a long time, actually. It's it's been a little while for the show, and it's been even longer with without you. Just timing hasn't worked out, um, guys and gals. Sorry, we've been uh, MIA, but. Busy schedules, and uh, I got to be honest, I just haven't had the driver motivation. So um, <laughs> it's a lot going on, and and to get guests on the show is super, super taxing. I feel like I, it's I hate asking people to be on the show. It is absolutely one of the most challenging things to do. Thank God we have yeah, people. But who, what's what's worse is when someone like Josh Gerard says when you, yes. when you have to like yeah. resort to the bottom <laughs> of the list, like oh, I man. gotta show up, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the the but, last one, man. That's what you gotta ask. But it's nice when you show up because I know I can ask you. I know there's not a burden. I know there's a comfort yeah. level of doing this. Um, so it, it just makes it easier. And right now we don't we don't have a, the traffic of uh, unfamiliar guests we'd have. A lot of our friends are local, but people aren't traveling, so we're not That's seeing the, the foreign. Foreign, not not like French or Italian, but foreign to, to Spaceland jumpers coming through and coming in. So, Josh Gerard, how you been? I've been good, man. Doing well. Man, what have you been up to? Uh, a lot. A lot. A lot. Uh, definitely a lot since we uh, we visited last. So You know, I'm really sure. sad that you're not a police officer anymore. Are you? I'm not. I that's mean, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, only in the Zero sense regrets. for the, yeah. for the no big regrets. picture of police officers as a whole, because I can I could always think, man, I know a cop, but he's a pretty good guy. Uh, well, like, I appreciate that. I, I would Chapstick. extend the benefit of the doubt <laughs> to more people if you were still a cop. Well, you know. I was like, man, they can't hang on to good there's people. Still, that's, there's, there's still a lot of good people. No. So. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> not, not you just one less so. no man i uh we still know a few good cops yeah i don't know their names but we still know they exist they're there i promise <laughs> um now i think hearing you talk about it man really opened up my eyes to the difficulty of of that oh, job good hearing you know. uh some of your horror stories <laughs> jesus i can't imagine horror that stories might be my real life H- horror not horror oh, story. Oh, there oh, are oh. horror stories too but <laughs> it's like the ones from <laughs> earlier we were talking about yeah. <laughs> a job related only professional that's right <laughs> except oh, for we that were, time yes. you took us out at Galveston that was pretty oh, close yeah <laughs> Josh and his wife Holly took Sam and I out oh, to that's right. uh, a kind of a burlesque show yeah it was a um, an aerialist uh, with a but they had a burlesque theme I think going on that time yeah, yeah. it was uh, it's a good good mix of exciting <laughs> things were there titties involved I mean yeah there were there were definitely yes. some pasties okay yeah yes. mm-hmm 
Did Josh rub your leg? Uh, not that only I remember. When he, only when he asked. I think so. we put the 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 ladies <laughs> together in the middle to try and you know. That would have been really awkward Sparked if he rubbed your up. leg then. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that would have been I mean he's got long arms. Got, look at that reach. Look at that reach. Yeah. I mean, he's still like, <laughs> I know he looks tall to you, but he's not. <laughs> Everyone looks tall to me. I actually have a, I, I, so I had to measure recently. Uh, it's called your ape index. Yeah. So your relation, your height to your to your wingspan. And I have apparently a positive ape index, meaning my wingspan is actually longer than my height. So no, every time you weird. actually wave your arms out like that, I feel like I should be ducky. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's like it's in 3D. It really <laughs> is. You got to start boxing, man. Throw those things around. Yeah, no, that's definitely not my, my sport. <laughs> no? Did you ever do any martial arts of any sort? No, no. I mean, we, we boxed in the academy, but that was pretty much the extent of that. So. What's, uh, what's required training for someone in the SWAT team? Like what's bare minimum <laughs> fitness stuff? Uh, it it, it kind of depends uh, you know, on the on, on the team you're with, but um, our our physical fitness test was it was uh, obstacle course based because it was more work sample. You know, I'm I'm not a for job related stuff. I was always big on things that represented what you're going to be expected to do, not necessarily diagnostic tests like go run, do this many push ups, this many sit ups. I mean, that's great, and you can train to that. But at the end of the day, like I want to I want to know that you can uh, you can do a bunch of physical activity wearing weight, you know, wearing a kit. Uh, uh, and then I, w- I want to know that you can move things like people, uh, you know, if they, if they go down. So, so a lot of it was more of a, uh, you know, musculoskeletal functional test. So I want to know that you've got good joints, that your knees aren't going to give out at any point, you know, at just random points, that your back's good. Um, so it was a lot of obstacle course-based uh, stuff while wearing, you know, additional weight while wearing an extra 30 pounds. Um, uh, so just being able to move, move your weight. So a lot of jumping, a lot of, a lot of running, a lot of dragging, a lot of swinging heavy objects. So, you know, kind of what you do on a regular, your regular workouts. What you do for fun. <laughs> Man, I do a lot of exercise. You, 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 you murfing at this year? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. God, I, I hate it. Now. Man, it's so I, I, do, I would never do it. You, you've like banked like like 30 years of Murphs, man, doing them all in yeah, one it's, month. It's, so. uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's, I guess it's not any more miserable uh, on that day than any other day. Yeah, I mean, you're an act a bit. You 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 were able to fine tune like a lot of you know be so much more efficient at it at the beginning. The, the, I love the movements. If if I didn't have to do the mile before <laughs> and the mile after, dude, I can do those move. I could enjoy just that part of that workout. But man, I don't know why anyone wants to run. I was in because uh, you gotta go to the bathroom. It's about the only reason. I was in. Uh, it's a ice cream truck <laughs> running for the taco truck. I, I was in uh, California a couple of weeks ago, and and even when I travel, I try to you know I I take clothes, I take running shoes, so I I try to find a way to get you know my runs in every week, even on the road. And California is uh you know it's it's a little different there still. There's still a lot that you can't do because of COVID restrictions. So um, I remember I was I had some extra time. I'd flown into LA from San Diego the night before. And I, my meeting didn't start. My demo didn't start until like 10. And so I was like, man, I can get up in the morning and get a run in before I can go do that. And so got up in the morning, you know, kind of hydrated, got something to eat and uh, went through my whole pre-run ritual and even, I mean, drank my pre-workout and everything. So, you know, I was all juiced. And then I walked to the, I walked to the... Uh, Were you just on those white monsters? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was actually using a, another pre and like that really jacks me up. And, you, do you, what do you do? What's your, what's your stuff? Uh, lit or actually lit AF from GNC. <laughs> it's called lit. lit it's AF. good, man. It's called lit, lit AF, dude. Does it make you do stupid TikTok videos? No, no, no. I don't. I don't need that for TikTok videos. Does so. it uh, make your skin itch and become yes, very red if absolutely. you don't start exercising? Oh, so, that, so that so I go to the gym. To, I was just gonna hit the treadmill because it's still cold outside and I'm a big weenie in the 
cold. So I go to the gym and I go up and the gym's closed. They're like, you know, there's a sign. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And they're like, so I, I you know, I, I go up to the desk and I was like, hey, is it, is it one of those things where, because some hotels you just got to make an appointment or they only want one person in. And so I was like, hey, uh, you, you know, is there any way I can get, get into the gym? They're like, no, but you can check out equipment. I was like, well, can I check out a treadmill? And they're like, uh, well, no, you know, and I'm like, well, then you're no help. So I go back to my room and I'm just like, I am, you know, I'm jacked up on pre and, and now what? And so I just did basically a room Murph, <laughs> you know, Murph in my room, just destroyed my, I mean, along with some added stuff, you know, I did some like pistol squats instead and, and I just destroyed my legs. I'm sure the downstairs days. neighbors were so, pretty, I was, yeah, I was on the ground floor. Because I, oh, okay. I, like, I thought about the same thing. I was like, oh, they're going to hate this, but on the ground floor, so yeah. So you're looking uh, mean and lean. Uh, what, what are you doing you. other than running? So uh, so I started... Uh, I'm so happy that people hate that we're talking about exercise right now. Just do more, they really? Oh, I hope, I hope Let's so. Let's do it for like two hours. Okay, Just, great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I actually started cycling not too long ago. Um, I wanted to find a way to kind of cross train while I wasn't running, you know, just to try to... Mm-hmm give my joints a little rest and do something different. So, you know, I got, I got some buddies in the, the, the cycle one in particular that really got me into it. And so I started doing that and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And then I was like, well, how can I parlay this into some other stuff? And now, um, and now I'm on a tri kick. So, um, oh, yeah? yeah, I actually, I actually talked to a tri coach today actually, cause it was my first day back in town for a while. So, um, so yeah, so I'm gonna look at at, uh, at training for some some triathlons. Do you know what distance you're you're playing? Yeah, so I'm gonna start with uh, I'm just gonna start with some sprints. There's a couple sprints this summer. Uh, actually, one out here in Pearland. What remind me of the distance in a sprint? Uh, uh, I know I know the runs a 5k. Yeah, so a sprints like a it's like a 500 meter swim and then like 13 mile bike and a and then a 5k run. So I mean it's it's a pretty quick it's quite pretty quick ordeal, but. Uh-huh. I wish it didn't start with a swim so I could survive to do the rest of the <laughs> race. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you just like do it at the end like, ah, I'm done. You know, like, oh, I don't need, I don't need some. I just, uh, I just need a way. To, I'm, I'm just going to go in, stay in the water. <laughs> for, for the yeah, appropriate like just, length just of time. Swim someplace out of plain sight and flail for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> that they'll believe that I swam <laughs> doggy that, that distance and then come back. You know, yeah, there's no like you can doggy paddle the whole way. I mean, just Nick does it with wing with floaties. <laughs> Is that allowed? I mean, I guess it depends on what race you do. But, but yeah, so a couple sprints and then uh, an Olympic. Uh, there's a couple. There's an Olympic try that I want to try. I mean, if it's going well, if I enjoy it, and and then uh, if I'm really enjoying it, my body's holding out and I'm doing good and I want to keep doing it, then. Uh, uh, maybe do a, a half iron oh. next year, next April. I was waiting to hear that. Yeah, and then once again, if I'm really enjoying it, maybe make a run at a full the following year. So we'll see. So you're uh, doing a road bike then? Yeah, yeah, all, all road bikes. Nice. Yeah. Well, where are you riding? I mean, just uh, you I mean around? Uh, you know, I live over in Leak City, so I'm generally around there. I've got I've got some good routes over there. And are the are the drivers any better over there than they are? Probably not. Houston? So I mean, it just depends on the day and the time. Um, I, I just don't feel like the roads way. in the Houston area are very bike friendly. Most of them aren't, and most of the drivers, unfortunately, aren't really bike friendly either. So, so you just you know you kind of plan some some roads that some routes that are a little um, give you a little bit more room. So if you can use a you know anybody out there that uses Strava routes as a way to plan your routes as a and you can kind of kind of utilize some filters to say, hey, give me some roads that are a little bit more friendly. You can look at their heat map to see like where people are riding more often. 
Um, a heat map. That sounds nice. Yeah. Well, well, like so you can like look at a map and you'll see like oh people are riding here right, like, a lot more yeah, often. Hot, hot route. Yeah. Then then like oh nobody rides here. That's probably but no. There's probably a reason nobody, nobody rides, rides here. there. And there are a bunch of those was... white painted bicycles around. <laughs> yeah. That was a dating app. Heat map. Heat map. Yeah. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> like ladies ovulating. Is that what that oh, is? Yeah. <laughs> Bitches in ladies heat ovulating. Maps. Ten find, miles from find you. your Latin lovers. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Downloading whatever he's talking about right. <laughs> Caesar sounds great. <laughs> so, uh, what's a normal bike ride for you? Uh, right now, I mean, I'm still trying to get like uh, you know technique and form down, and um, and starting to build the distance. So, I mean, 15 to 20 miles will be just an average day. Have you uh, worked with a cycling coach at all? Not yet. No, okay. I have not. So that's one of the like cycle like form on a bike. Yeah, man, I'm just not sure what that means. Yeah, like I don't have the greatest form as a runner either, but I can tell you what it's supposed to. Sure, what it's supposed to look like, and uh, but as far as riding a bike goes, like I know that uh, I hope this is true because it makes me feel good as a turd who still rides a fixed gear bike that a lot of the guys that do like the, the distance stuff Tour de France guys will train on a fixed gear bike because it keeps their legs engaged yeah. the entire time. I'd, I'd actually love, you know, like just ride. If I want, I'll just ride around like a fixie is the way I'd go. So I think a, that'd be fun. A fixie? Fixie. Yeah. Fixed gear bike. So the cool kids something turds ride. <laughs> I was going to say and uh, it's the only bike I've ever owned not yuppies what's that word hipsters, hipsters is what hipsters. you're going to call them thank you hipsters you know what's well, funny yeah. you know what like I, if I feel like I would to- totally out myself as a hipster if I said I was riding fixed gear bikes before they were cool but that is fully instinctively a thing that I want to say well so I mean like you, you look at like uh, bike messengers in big cities and they've they've been riding fixies for 40 years. I mean, that's what they all ride. Do, do you understand the difference in a fixed gear bike? Yeah. Justin, you know what that means? Yeah. So, great. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume all of our listeners now know. So and I'm not going to explain it. It's one gear. My there's no switching <laughs> gears. There's no brakes. There's my no appendix doesn't allow me to drag my knuckles, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dude, the first time I, I had friends that rode fixed gear bikes, man, the first time getting on a fixed gear bike is super weird. Because that moment that your legs would normally rest and you would just coast because you're on a bicycle. Oh, no, you got to work. No, they keep on yeah. going. You will fall <laughs> the like, fuck over. Like downhill, like it's weird as I hell. Do just kind of take them off the pedals. The, the, first like, oh time, do the first time I bombed a hill on a fixed gear bike, I fully went over the handlebars. <laughs> oh, God. It was, it was at night going down a hill. This uh, is in Salt Lake. And I, you know, it's the same hill that I had. The same bike was a freewheel single speed before mm-hmm. it was a fixed gear bike. So I was used to, you know, just getting a lot of speed and then coasting yeah. down the hill and <laughs> about oh halfway down the hill i went oh that's not gonna work this time okay i can just relax my legs surely i can just go relax legs and they're gonna move in the pedals right <laughs> and the moment i stopped engaging them i got the speed wobbles real good <laughs> and i was like oh no i need to i need to use my legs and so yeah, the brakes mo- on it uh no. no no brakes yeah, you, know, I, you know i may have actually had a front brake don't. then but i didn't i definitely didn't have time to use in the situation <laughs> and i went to uh i i went to like just adjust my feet and try and get some some back pressure back into my feet after going too loosey goosey <laughs> and uh i this was at night and i however this happened i was high enough over my handlebars like midair to see my <laughs> shadow and go oh this is going to suck yeah. and uh yep Hit the ground pretty good. It's nice. good to a stop. Nice. It's back when I had those big holes in my ears and I had lost something went flying somewhere. It was not great. <laughs> Yard sale on a bike. <laughs> yeah, not quite. So How, uh, what, didn't you just go to back to Salt Lake? 
Oh uh, yeah, I was back there last week. How was it? It was really great. Surprised my, my bestie for his birthday. Oh, that's awesome. I was yeah. not there. It's not my. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, man. He's got more time on you. <laughs> no, for sure, and man. He's, and I, he's got a little baby. Met his little uh-huh. baby. Ray, Ray is her name. How old's Ray? Ray just turned one. Oh. Well, did you put like, like earmuffs on him? On her? Uh, no, I did. It? it wasn't bad. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe uh, mid 50s, but oh, in Utah, that's, that's no big deal. It's just jacket weather. But uh, I did put on a little baby Bjorn, took her on a front ride <laughs> through the neighborhood. We walked around. It was super funny. We were walking through this park by his house. I had just, just shown up, just surprised him. And he's like, oh, dude, you want to take Ray for a walk? Because he'll take the baby and the dog for a walk. Because why not? Sure. That's what you do when you're an adult man with a child. <laughs> and we're walking through the park by his house. And this lovely young lady gave me a smirk that I have never had. But she looked at me and smiled with a smile I have never gotten from a woman before. Mm. And I looked over at Chase and I went, oh, she fully thinks we're a gay couple right now. And this is our love <laughs> child. And I was okay with it. Oh, yeah, it felt good. <laughs> <laughs> best best ad- possible addition to the show. We yes. did we did go ham on the T- ham timing, morning. Timing, timing, however, you need to, <laughs> we need to work on time. Yeah, I, think it's some random, like, I think the timing actually uh, made it because it was... It was an awkward like, silence. Uh, like when Nick no, said... No, Nick the application, awesome. I think, is the timing. Statement. Like when Nick said, and then I went over the handlebars, that would have been like... I was trying, <laughs> but I still had it muted. I actually hit the button. I actually hit the button then, but I still had it muted. So I was like, fuck, I fucked it up. I liked it better. I think I think I it made it better this one. that it wasn't in the right <laughs> place. We were a gay couple. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't fuck it up. I did it right. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who listen to the show, we've done that on our phone forever, and I finally installed it on our little control panel over there. Justin's little push button lifestyle. <laughs> I'm gonna give a shout out to Felipe for bringing that noise back into my life. He was uh, that one right there. He, he popularized it once again. You threw away the boner pillow. Ben I need Nelson to turn it upset. down a little bit. It's a little aggressive. A <laughs> little aggressive. <laughs> a little aggressive. <laughs> so uh, what, what else? Are you, are you, uh, what about diet? Should we talk about diet? Should we talk about food? Whatever you want to talk about. Man. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about exercise. Like, no. Oh. <laughs> you want to talk about being old, getting you? cramps? <laughs> being old sucks. Man, I get cramps. I for real get cramps. Oh, what, yeah. When was the last time you had a Charlie horse? I was going on a bike the other day. Like my calf started. I was like, oh, come on. You're kidding me. What do you do? When your calf starts locking up, what do you do? Just try Stand to stretch. on it. Yeah, just try to stretch it out as much as you can. Do you point your toe or flex your foot? It, de- it depends on. Yeah, I'll, I'll generally point. So mm, I can't. It depends that, on what it's on what it's for, though. I mean, that makes it worse for me. I have to like put all my weight on it. Have to. I feel like whatever is instinctive for me to do as a response is always exactly the opposite yeah. of what it actually. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I was so years ago we were doing. Uh, I used you know used to be real big in the OCRs and obstacle course races, and so we're doing a uh, a. Uh, was it like a tough mutter for the layman? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're doing a Spartan Beast, which is a it's like a fourteen mile OCR. So it, I mean, it takes a better part of like five six hours. It's a long day. Um, it's a long race, and there is one, this one hill climb obstacle where you, you put a bunch of you basically fill a five gallon bucket with pea gravel, and then you got to carry it um, up a giant hill. And so it's all you know, it's all quads that you're working because you're, you're working up this hill, and my, both my quads just completely locked up. I mean, just like I felt one lock up. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then I feel the other one lock up, and then I'm, I'm going over in it. And one, there's just there's just a crap ton of people around, so it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. More than anything else, you're just like, I, I cannot believe. <laughs> yeah, and you, you can't. It's just locked up. And so I'm sitting there, like, trying to massage it out. And I remember this one girl coming by, and she's like, quads lock up? I'm like, yeah. And she reaches back in, in, a, in a little camelback or whatever, and she pulls out two mustard packets. 
I'm like, you got a hot dog with that or something? <laughs> I'm hungry, you know? And uh, she's like, no, take the mustard packet. She'll be fine. I was like, all right. Well, I like mustard. So I took, you know, ate the mustard packets. And about 90 seconds later, I was like, oh, crap. And it's just, there's mustard, salt, sodium. So sodium kind of gets in there, helps, you know, helps kind of relieve the cramp. So, hmm. but yeah. So, but I mean, you look at like gels and goos and stuff like that. And it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of salt and sugar. So it's electrolytes. So, uh, but yeah, so that, that can help too, you know, but uh, a little sodium deficiency, but. Yeah. Put mustard in my uh, in my workout bag. Yeah, or or just you know like I don't have a workout bag. Know, it like, like gels. Or, I'm not going to do that. You know, really designed for that. <laughs> just carry a bottle of French's around and just <laughs> not running helps a lot with cramps. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No, because I don't run and I still get cramps. <laughs> no, I don't really? run and I get cramps. Yeah, so. but you're like riding what twenty miles a day. No, mm-hmm. I, I only I've only done a couple twenty mile rides. Oh, okay, uh, but uh, yeah, that's too long for me. What is twenty? Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, what's going to keep me entertained and what I feel like I'm going to uh, physically benefit from. Like, I could go on an all-day bike ride with with friends or sure, with, you know, sure. somewhere scenic, but I've only ridden my bike up and down the runway. <laughs> so it's cool to try and beat my previous mile time. But after that, it's like well, one, once I've what? expended the energy that allows me to improve upon my last mile time, then you're just like, yeah. This is like, I've lost this it. This is less fun. <laughs> you mean the view up and down the runway is not a spectacular one? I mean, it's not the worst view anyone could ever have, but it's the same every time. I generally like running. You know, I don't like running laps. I don't like running because it's just the same. Yeah, but yeah. I do like running the runway just because you can kind of switch off. Because you know, you're not worried about cars. I'm not worried about pedestrians. I'm not worried about. I mean. Look over your shoulder every couple minutes just to make sure a plane's not going to land. Yeah, <laughs> like like Jet Boy or like Majed's not coming in, you know, or something like that. But but otherwise, you can kind of switch it off, and you don't really have to worry about surroundings a whole lot. You can just kind of focus on what's going on. That's a lot of my problem is I'll do that like out on the road, and then just realize like, holy crap, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> like I got to pay attention to what's going. on. I'd be afraid I'd ride my bike into like I, I would zone out on a bike and just get lost and just drive across a busy intersection. Yeah. Like, or just on a, you know, on a run, not paying attention to other people and, and you know, kind of the safety aspect of it. So, you know, he's going to come up to you. Well, we started the show and you said you were real hungry, that you feel like you haven't been. Yeah, I'm always hungry lately. <laughs> I mean, are you just not getting enough food? Probably. I mean, I'm just, just you know. Are you losing weight? Um, okay, I'm going to fluctuate. I'm about, I'm about 142. So, um, same Z's, dude. We're right, we're right on track. Nice. So, you get mighty thick. Yeah. <laughs> With two C's. So. <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah. They're going to ball oatmeal. So, but. what's a uh, what's a healthy diet for Josh Sharar oh, look like these man, days? Man, it's it depends, man. So much travel, it's tough. Um, you know, it's it's you got to be really cognizant about making not necessarily great choices, but the least shitty choice. You know, about what's available to you. And um, so, when I'm home, I really try to eat a little bit better, um, just because I know it's it might be short lived with the travel. So, um, I've been trying to taper off some of the animal protein. Um, you know, just oh, are you doing the vegetarian? No, no, I mean not necessarily. I'm not going to be like I'm still vegan. Um, you know that, that that's should I, how I should open the show. Man. Like, hi, I'm Josh. I'm a vegan. I'm not a vegan at all. I'm not at all. We actually uh, started the show <laughs> with the exact opposite. <laughs> but, yeah, we did, didn't we? But um, it's just the uh, <laughs> the uh, dogs and cats. Yeah. That's right. Okay, I yeah. got it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, DJ. How you doing? Um, but just uh, you know, trying to make cognitive choices, trying to be cognizant about you know eating a little less, eating a little less animal protein and. Cutting out the dairy and man, it, I uh, just listened to a podcast and I think it was an older podcast on the on the Rogan show, 
and I don't remember this guy's name. I could probably find it if I scroll through it enough. But this guy was uh, really big on animal uh, products in, in your in your diet. On on animal products, like keeping animal products in your yeah, diet. Yeah, like they talked a little bit about the carnivore diet. Uh, not that that's a thing I'm a proponent of. Sure, but um, the the comparison that I that he was said it was a realization for him, and I also thought really interesting is that uh, if we were to let's just say that uh, we go and you know go outside right now and we find 10 different plants and 10 different animals there's a really good chance that all 10 of those animals are edible that we could eat those animals and experience no adverse effects fair but most of those plants are gonna <laughs> cause us some, some pretty serious problems sure so not all, not all, the, the, there's a far higher percentage of animals that are edible than plants and I just thought that's super interesting. That, uh, but then, but when you think about it though, and I, mind you, I'm not, man, I'm not, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna no, get like hammered. No, I'm an idiot. But, but but I there is, I think there is merit to the argument that like you know when people say, well, you need you need more protein, you need more you know fats, all that good stuff that you know when and you need to get that from animals. It's like, well, where do animals get that from? Where do animals get all their protein from? Yeah, but I I think that they're. I mean, some get it from other animals, but the vast majority. But of, like when you talk about animals that we eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I they have different digestive let, systems. Yeah, let's just say a cow, right? Sure. They have a different digestive system, and they're, you know, the, the bacteria in their body is what's processing the grass, and then their body uh, uses the bacteria in a way that our bodies just don't do sure. that. If you and I try and go eat DJ's lawn, we're going to be throwing up. <laughs> well, but <laughs> that was good. That, that was that was good. <laughs> I take pretty good care of my lawn. Yeah, just but saying. it's uh, actually it's, Jose it's still does. Bermuda. So <laughs> really, it's his name. Jose, yeah, that takes care of the yard. No, yeah. I'm definitely not. Like I said, I'm definitely not. Like, oh, you gotta be vegan. You know, you gotta eat vegetarian. Dude, so just, why less meat? Uh, I honestly, it's, it's stomach discomfort. I think that you know, like I, I have, I don't eat red meat a whole lot, and haven't eaten red meat a whole lot, and it, it, a lot of it comes from this fuck. It's just, it just tears my stomach up. You know, just and red then, meat. Red meat, yeah. Up? And then as I started to taper off some of the white meat, and like I said, I'll still, still eat it. You know. I, Dilly chicken and dilly fish, all that good stuff. But you know, sometimes I'll just make some choices to say, "Hey, look, I'm you know gonna like I replaced you know my my uh, you know go to kind of kind of weekday meal used to be um, uh, just chicken and rice. You know, like chicken, some you know make some really simple Spanish rice and arroz con pollo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, not in the traditional, like with a cream sauce and all that, just literally grilled chicken and some Spanish rice, but throw some avocado on it and, and, uh, and go with that. And so I kind of replaced the chicken with, um, with, uh, garbanzo beans, uh, which have a very equal, uh, you know, you know, kind of protein content by weight as, as it does to chicken. And How are garbanzo beans with carbs? Uh, not, not bad at all. They're okay. mostly, they're mostly protein fat. So, um, which I'm not. I, I'm all about the carbs, so I'll eat. I'll eat all the carbs. I'm not. I'm not scared of the carbs. But, um, but I have noticed with the replacement in that meal, like I'll generally have less stomach discomfort after. I generally seem to digest it a little bit better, and I, I think that's that's a lot of it. So it's not necessarily like, um, you know, the yeah, the nutritional value is part of it, but a lot of it is what just kind of agrees with my body and my stomach a little bit better. You just uh, have a bitch ass stomach. Yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's no, there's no Look doubt. at that bitch. There's no doubt about, you know, no dairy anymore, and you know, ice cream. Stuff. You can't. F- I, your I, stomach I, is I, a bitch. I, I never really. I was never a big ice cream fan, so I never really. You're. I, 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 yeah, now it's not just my stomach. Now I'm just the bitch. I don't so. think I could live without cheese, dude. Um, I'll tell you what. I I was a giant milk drinker. I mean, like 
every day. I mean, every night during the day, I just love milk. And, uh, that was since I've kind of cut that out since I kind of cut, um, you know, cow milk out, I drink almond milk and is that was one of the biggest differences in like, Oh yeah, you know, you don't have to live with all this bloatedness all the time. Like that was a big dairy was a big, a big kind of cut out for me and I'll still eat cheese here and there, but I'll, I know it like my body tells me like, yeah, but that cheese is good, huh? All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can pay for it now. So as someone who spent, uh, almost an entire decade as a vegan <laughs> and someone who's also, uh, done, done the carnivore diet years, years later in my life. It's like, man, I, I, Whatever makes your body feel that, good, that's eat, exactly eat that. what it is. It's I think we, we all know. Works for you. We all know what bullshit food looks like, <laughs> and it's like, man, uh, I, I don't want to eat processed food. So whether whether you're vegan or whether you're, uh, you know, you eat whatever. It's Omnivore. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think as someone who eats like the the standard American diet sure. of of junk food and cereal okay. and, and all that stuff, it's like, man, it, as long as uh, whatever you're eating looks uh, in some way similar to how it was produced whether it grew out of the ground that way or whether it uh, died and looked that way, <laughs> man, it's probably going to be pretty good for you. But sure. it's like, hey, when I take, uh, you know, these uh, super processed wheat and soy and corn products and turn that into a thing that is, you know, it doesn't occur that way. Modified and starches and hydrogenated <laughs> oils. And yeah, all and all the, the super yeah. super processed uh, oils that, uh, yeah, that's the shit that's but that's so, making people sick. So good. God, sometimes. it's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. And dude, you know, I will get down on some donuts. I ate five donuts yeah, in front of you <laughs> what, a month ago. <laughs> that will make me throw up. Yeah. No, I, dude, I could, eat a, I could eat a whole box of donuts dude, and feel You know nothing. what we ought to do? Eat One donuts. The drops You're right. So Let's go. You heard of the donut challenge? No. Does it involve white monster? It can, I guess. But <laughs> Google, Google donut challenge. No, I, was, so, I was using as the innuendo version. You don't need to go to a, to like a, a private site. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so <laughs> I open up an incognito. Um... So the donut challenge uh, is uh, generally the distance kind of uh, varies, but it's generally the distance because uh, it's generally it starts with a mile run. Mm-hmm. It's a mile run, and then you have to eat a dozen donuts, and then you have to run another mile. Um, and so you have to like stop and eat the entire dozen. You can't. Nick go only until, likes one part of this. You, you can only, you can't go until hold you've on, eaten the entire on. dozen. What, what uh, distance wise? How? What would you equate? You run and cycle a fair bit now. Sure. Your mile run, what's an equivalent effort on the bike? For one mile? I really yeah. haven't. One, I haven't just run one mile in a long time. Um, well, like, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll put can it, I do like, three miles on I, the bike like and eat the donuts and then do three more miles on the bike? Yeah, sure. How many miles yeah. do I got to do on the bike? To, you, to like to like a daily run, like a daily run workout for me, six miles. Like that's like the lowest I'll generally is uh, five or six. Uh, but, today I did five. So uh, you, five or six. You ran five miles today. Yes. Okay. And like a daily bike would be fifteen to, to twenty. So, okay, so I would say a, like a, a three to one equivalent. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm getting tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ran. I ride bike. So yeah, like a three to I'm one. I'm reading a version so. where you have to carry the donuts the whole time. Oh, that sounds way worse. That's Do you stupid. eat them while you? Oh, like you got to carry them the first mile and then eat them. Yeah, you carry them. Well, the you carry the second mile. You so carry in your the hands box until the end, and then you eat them. They're gonna be all bounced around and shitty after that. So then there's also or it takes the fun part out of it, right? So we do that yeah. for breakfast at the drop zone, right? Like we do that before everybody okay. opens. Okay, right. And then at the end of the day, you have the beer mile, which is something they do. Um, 
I mean, it's done here and there, but it's a it's a big tradition at Kona, uh, the the big Ironman triathlon world championships of the year. Then the two days before the race, they'll have it's kind of it's not secretive, but it's just it's not really published because they do a bunch of events up leading up to the race, but it's not really published. But you get a bunch of like the pros out there, um, like the the elite pros, and it's they'll have it in a little park and it's not a lot of cameras or anything out there. But yeah, it's literally you start with four beers, chug a beer run that first lap, that quarter mile, chug a beer, quarter mile, chug a beer, quarter mile, uh, chug a beer, and last, Ooh, that last, sounds rough. last quarter. Yeah, yeah, and it's basically the one that doesn't throw up. All the sloshing. <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you that I've never had four beers in a day in my entire life. You're literally drinking four beers in like six minutes. Not so. in the, <laughs> not the can't run a mile in six <laughs> well, minutes. You know, eight minutes. <laughs> Maybe that's how long you take to do that. It'd be beers. an hour, man. I'd still be passed out. <laughs> yeah, so Just from the, day the with that. It's, it's good. It's a good day, man. I don't think I want to do it with beer. Vodka? Sounds terrible. No, no. <laughs> what can I do? Oh. <laughs> More of a vodka drink. Uh, just what? shoot just uh, shot of vodka in between. I think that'd be better. Uh, Honestly, right. that'd be better. Uh, You're right. Like the beer sloshing, that's kind of the worst part. What, yeah, the, just the a, sheer volume and carbonation. Cineholic. With cineholic. Oh, dude, for real. That's just <laughs> gonna, I'm going to go faster every <laughs> lap. <laughs> is that like Fireball or something? Cineholic? Yes. No, it's a cinnamon roll restaurant that's just uh, two miles from here <laughs> and it's amazing. They're vegan actually. Oh, They're wonderful. I don't know how many times we've talked about yeah. Cineholic and if you've heard us talk about Cineholic on the I show. I think I've seen you with You their, haven't eaten it? Like uh, with one of their cinnamon rolls. It's, drops them. I don't think I've ever made it know. out of their parking lot. With one of <laughs> yeah, those I was going to say, I don't think that would work. <laughs> no. That doesn't survive. The, the, uh, I guess that's not true. The only time I ever <laughs> leave with them is when Sam knows that I'm there. I have to take her one. Uh. But this is what I do. Is I go there <laughs> and I eat one. And I don't and tell then, anyone. <laughs> and then I go back and I go, oh, yeah, I totally need another one of those to go. And just give me two for my girlfriend and her friend. And I eat a second one. <laughs> so... so Order three and hope one makes it home. Do a similar thing. She'll get one. Uh, You know, Holly's Holly's got it. Which Holly's got a show uh, in two days. We leave for College Station tomorrow. So a fitness competition. Yeah, yeah, bodybuilding. And uh, so when she's like heavy in prep, like I I can't really bring certain foods home. Like Mm. there's just you know, and so unless it's chicken and broccoli, you can. It's just frowned upon. Well, (laughs) no, she beats his ass. Yeah, I was gonna say, have you met Holly? Like she's uh, angry. She gets hangry. Oh God. Right, right now it's uh it's she's probably she's probably listening so uh right now it's so she's uh they're restricting water now so they dehydrate the crap out of themselves mm, holly if you're listening i'm sorry we've been talking about sweets this whole time <laughs> i so cream, like she's gotten chocolate chip cookies. she's gotten i can't remember damn i want to say it's she gets uh like maybe 16 ounces of water today total Gosh, yeah. like Ugh. all that she's allowed so and i think it's the same tomorrow so i think she gets about four ounces with each meal so uh, do you know what she's been taking in the last few days water wise yeah oh do, like, no so that's last they, week they do water loading for a yes, while yes yeah. three gallons a day so Fuck. three gallons a day Holy until shit. today and then it's been four ounces every meal today and then i think it's the same tomorrow or maybe a little less and then no water on saturday you know what's so funny like so okay. she is amid all of the exercise, all of the dieting, all of everything else that it takes to do that. Just try and drink three gallons of water tomorrow. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, somebody it. try and drink. Like I, most people struggle with a gallon, but to have to force down three, I couldn't. There is no way, man. Well, every, every five minutes, I'd be in the bathroom. Well, that's I've never done three gallons ever. No, no, it's but you, but it's so you know, like like I said, it's Thursday. We got two more days of just dehydrating yourself you know like well, i've told people that like you know from watching her do it 
several times now and, and like the process of it extremely healthy the food i mean she's eating you know my, my mom's very uh, you know very concerned for everybody she's one of those oh you know she's one of those typical like oh you're losing weight you know you need to mm-hmm. you need to put on more weight and and you know i had to convince her that like you know she's like is this dangerous i was like no i mean she's putting away 3000 plus calories a day you know i, I mean her macros are completely balanced blood pressure's down you know i mean cholesterol's way down it's it's extremely healthy going through the process that last week is <sighs> nothing. Yeah, let me do it six is, weeks of pampering my body, oh followed God. by one week of destroying murdering it. myself. Yeah, absolutely destroying it by dehydrating it. And then, like, you know, show day, like tomorrow, show day, you'll be eating, like, peanut butter and honey and fudge just to use the sugar to suck in any remaining water that you may have. So it's just incredibly it, not... That's the part that's fascinating to me. Like you, you eat those simple sugars and dude, you'll boom, watch. You get shredded because we'll take pictures every hour, and you will watch just the skin, just like saran wrap around the muscle, so you can see all the stria and absolutely. You just like you look at the pictures, and you're like, just every hour, it's just a little bit more and more. That and more. Shit's just, awesome, dude. It's crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. And then you know, Saturday you're there all day, just around a bunch of hangry people, and because <laughs> so, everybody's hungry, all and out. Yeah. Oh, they are. <laughs> oh, crush you! Bring me a <laughs> fucking Snickers. Yeah. A bunch of juiced up, almost dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds like a great environment. Zombie-fied, juiced up crackheads. Yep. Well, I feel like we've got the diet and exercise bug out yeah. from the system. There you go. So uh, you're in a new line of work? I am. Since yeah. we had you here last? I am. Yeah, what are you doing, actually? <sighs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, it sounds like me. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It depends on the day, I don't man. I know exactly. where I am right now. So, uh, Is this real life? <laughs> I yeah, so I left, I left police work uh, full-time uh, back in uh, like October of 2019. Uh, October 2019 uh, to do uh, go be a commercial pilot. And I decided it was time to do something different and still young enough to kind of be able to make that transition. So uh, I went to be a commercial pilot. Uh, so went and got, went from zero time to uh, commercial multi-engine rating in uh, just under seven months. What's so, that mean? So basically it means, uh, you know, I got my private, private pilot's license, my instrument rating, commercial license, and then multi-engine uh, commercial license. So basically it means I can get paid to fly. So and how many hours did you accumulate through all this? That that seven months was about two hundred and fifty plus hours. So you got to have that to get your commercial license. So it's a lot of flying. It's a lot of flying. It was probably one of the hardest things I've done in my adult life, as far as for that, you know, that that long and be that intense about it. So. And the last week with Holly. Yeah. That, well. Yeah. That's <laughs> up to that point. So what is it, like uh, challenging and intense in what way? As far as like the learning, the knowledge. Yeah. yeah the mental. Por- I mean that 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 timetable. I mean most people most people take several you know three plus years to do that. Uh, to get those those ratings and space it out to where they can kind of absorb what's going on. I mean, it was it was seven days a week. It was flying. If it you was just, flyable, it was you're flying seven days a week, or your ass was in a sim. If it, the weather didn't allow you to fly, and then you know you're flying two four hours a day, you know flight time. But then the rest of the time, your ass has got to be studying because the next check ride is you know right literally around the corner, literally in just a few weeks. And you're just you know all the knowledge. Check rides are all all about the knowledge. I mean, cause there's an oral portion where you literally just get grilled for about two to four hours on your knowledge, you know, for that particular, you know, check ride. And then you actually go, go up in the plane. So, um, so you really had no downtime, you know, you'd, you'd pass your check ride and you're like, Oh, thank God. You know, you pass your instrument check ride or whatever. And I think, oh, you know, I passed. And, but then the next day you're literally, all right, I need to start making flashcards for my commercial ride. It was just, it was just, just constant, you know? So, 
That was good. Got through it. It's mm-hmm. funny to think about you giving up life as a, you know, SWAT team. What would I call you? SWAT yeah, team yeah, officer. Yeah, officer. Yeah, yeah but SWAT guy. To, to to have a more stressful life of learning how to fly an airplane. Yeah, well, like, you know, it, it was, seems like that would be a less <laughs> my, stressful. My first instructor, my first instructor asked. He kind of asked the same question. He was like, "We were flying one day, and we we're just kind of cruising." And he was like, "Dude, uh, so why did you leave police work to come and you know do this?" And and I want to be like an airline pilot or a you know corporate exec pilot. And and I asked him, I was like, "So do you fly commercial a lot?" And he goes, "Yeah, I mean, as much as the next guy, I guess." I was like, "When you." Um, when you, uh, after the plane lands and you're walking off the plane, you know, you walk off a commercial plane, the pi- you know, the cockpit doors generally open, you can see the pilots in there. And I was like, do you ever get the urge as you're walking off the plane to just like look in there and be like, Hey, fuck you guys. And then just leave. Do, do you ever get the urge to do that? And he looked at me and was like, well, no, I was like, that was every day for me. Like, so like, <laughs> and he's just like, what? I was like, yeah, I mean, you just get told to fuck off every day. So I was like, I was just ready to do something different. And, and, um, I mean, I get it. It's hard, but that's I'm all about doing hard stuff. So, um, but uh, Tyler, your sex tape. What's what's that? All about doing hard stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> total, doing the hard stuff. Uh, but then, uh, so so right in the middle of my flight training, COVID hit, and that kind of put a uh, you know kind of a um, uh, kind of a little a road bump in in uh, the flying industry. Uh, so kind of changed my plans a little bit. I mean, I, I continued on and. Um, you know, started doing some flying gigs here and there, and and then how uh, many how many total hours do you have now? Uh, about three sixty, three seventy. And like uh, that, so. what have you been doing in the flight world? Uh, I've been flying for uh, I mean, just odd stuff here and there, but then flying uh, some skydivers up at Texas Skydiving. Nice. So, yeah, here and there. It, so. And that's a uh, is it one, that a one perfect. I was playing the clip on the stream, and you said it. Boom! It's fucking nailed it. <laughs> nailed there you go. It. That horn. There you go. <laughs> that was for you, Justin. That was the horse. <laughs> your accomplishment so there. Lexington, their 182 joint. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they got a great 182 drop zone up there. It's it's a great environment, and and uh, you know they were kind of in need of a second pilot, a relief pilot for their their uh, their primary pilot up there. Andre, he's a he's a fantastic dude. Um, but they've got I mean they've got some great business up there, and they get busy, um, especially for 182 drop zone. They get super busy. So. Um, you know, they give me a call when they know they're going to have a good weekend, busy weekend, or, you know, he, he's going to take off and I'll go up there and, and fly for him. And it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's not a lot of better ways to get hours and to fly some skydivers around. And did you, uh, have you jumped out of a 182? I have. Yes. I would be curious if you jumped out one before you flew one or vice versa. Yeah. 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 No, just one time, but yeah, it was, uh, but, uh, I mean, not, not a lot just because of the access to the turbines that we have, but um but yeah so. man i uh i like 182 joints I, I it's there's something about the hominess of it all yeah um uh, home yeah home, homely i was making homely, sure it's like, hominess like <laughs> it's my homely homie? no homely homely right. yeah, Homeliness, uh, yeah. yeah. My, my sister's kind of homely <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what She'll be here next week. Burn. I don't really know what that means. Homely to me Ugly. seems like <laughs> is that yeah, what yeah, that yeah. means? Oh, I was yeah. gonna say was it gonna seems say like plain, sad, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're on the right boat. Yeah. Okay, great. No, and if you know my sister, you well, I guess you do know my sister. But if you know my sister, she's very nice, very nice girl. Is she actually gonna be on the show? Uh, we've not even <laughs> not even talked about <laughs> it. Oh well, experience. I mean, I just uh, seemed. I assumed that she would be. Uh, and that I'm going to be like, hey, tell me all the embarrassing things that happened with DJ as you were kids. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like a great two, interview. Two hours later, <laughs> I say thank you, and we all go home. 
Oh, I, I found the video when you were flying the AFF student, and he's given the fake God. out count. That's so my favorite. I watched it so many times. You see it? Cecily's no, just like, I don't know what's going on. Like, whatever. Uh, okay, here we go. He, I mean, he's your typical AFF ready, student. Set, ready, no. Okay, you ready again? Yep. You, shit. Okay, ready, set, <laughs> ready, set. Go. He's just your typical like <laughs> dive flow one, dive flow two. Yeah. You know, ready, set. Oh wait, I wasn't ready. You know, yeah, yeah. and then and but then in check a in again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll start over, you know. So yeah. no, I got yeah. I related. It's not that quite as so it's much. not quite as critical at a 182 drops in just because you know you're not holding everybody else up. And, yeah, and you don't have to worry about the spot. Yeah, right? you're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna. Yeah, burn it over. not jump running. You're not going gonna anywhere. get that far. No. no so so you just kind of let it go and and uh, but it's dude, it's a good time. It's a great job. You know, it's. I remember. Mm, Looks like candle wax. <laughs> uh. Just eat a candle. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> look at look at it from the inside. It looks it like a candle. It, it looks like a, it's a, it, you stuck it a little string in it there. Tastes, it would straight. It I would like try to light it. It tastes it, like so. a candle. It's <laughs> not good. It's zero it. calories. I don't know how to do that. Is it why? marmalade? Then why eat it? Because it's sweet tasting. I don't know. It's no <laughs> sugar. Okay, Wait, what? It's zero calories. That's what they say. I don't oh, understand how you make it. I've never thing? in my life known somebody who just sits there and eats a jar of jelly besides me. <laughs> Isn't it with weird? a spoon? It's fucking weird, right? <laughs> it's so fucking You don't put it on it's anything. Strange. Dude, I do it with everything. Do it with, with uh, a bucket just, of cream just cheese. Yesterday, uh, no, obviously, my cream cheese is right here. <laughs> just yesterday, I, don't, I was on the phone with Ben Nelson, actually, and I had, my, I had cream cheese, cashew butter, uh, Coconut butter, which is delicious, and then a, jar, a candle, <laughs> one of these, <laughs> candle. one of these candle jellies. And I was just yeah, <laughs> taking spoon from container to container, just eating it. I, I realized, like, I used to love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as a kid, and I realized the bread was just a conduit for the for the jelly, really. <laughs> so I just gave that up. It's fair. I mean, it's, up. it's just a it's a vessel that you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a transport wonderful. vessel. So it's wonderful. Let me get it. So, uh, how many loads do you think you've flown? As a, as a 182 pilot, uh, I used to keep count, and then I don't know, maybe 50, 60. I okay, I mean, not a whole lot. So. You just snorted my mic. 50. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How does it maybe? feel after <laughs> everyone leaves? Like, ah, like that's when I get to like really have fun. So, yeah. But I mean, does it feel weird like everyone just left you at the party by yourself? No, because it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get a little jelly. I'm like, oh, like I want to go. I want to go on that one. Like, you, know? <laughs> you guys got insurance, right? Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm sure sometimes you go like, I'm glad I'm not on that one. Oh too. yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, but you know, then it's then it's kind of your opportunity, you know, because when you're climbing, you know, you're thinking about a lot of things. You're th- especially on a 182, you know, you're thinking about, you know, one trying to be efficient because it does take a lot longer to get up to altitude in 182. So you want to try to be as efficient as possible for the passengers so they're not waiting, especially if you tandems and stuff like that, just so that they're not waiting forever. But then you're also, you know, you're watching, you know, your cylinder head temps because that's a you know big thing and because you're constantly working the plane so hard. So, you know, you're, you're keeping it at a speed that's going to keep the cylinder heads cool. So, you know, you're just watching a bunch of things and then you think about passenger comfort. You know, I'm not going to bank real hard, you know, to, to, you know, you know, to try to come around cause I'm thinking about their comfort as well. And yes. Passenger comfort in a 182. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's as much as you can, you know, as much as you can. Um, so you're thinking a lot of, and then you're always planning, you know, like how you're going to come around so that you're once again, efficiency, you know, you, you're trying to reach altitude like, 
you don't want to sit there and reach altitude and not be on jump run. And so now you're just wasting time. Cause yeah, you're like an efficient flight path. Yeah. You know, so you're always thinking about like winds and how can I make sure and bring this around so that, man, I'm on jump run as soon as I get to my you know desired altitude. But then after they leave, you can just like, yeah, hell yeah, here we go. You know, and then, you know, a good controlled emergency descent at 160 down and, and trying to get the plane on the ground as fast as you can. So. Flip up door. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Do you shut it after yeah. they leave? That's my favorite thing. Yeah. You shut little, it. So you got to slip. Yeah. You got to <laughs> yaw the aircraft yeah. to kind of get the door out of the wind and, and, uh, and get it to shut. And then, yeah. And then it's it dive as fast as you can. And it's, it's so funny. You know, I've, I've showed videos to some of the guys I was in flight school with just because you're in flight school. You're just so, you know, you fly your pattern a certain way. I'm, I'm always a thousand feet above traffic pattern out, you know, traffic pattern out to a thousand feet above AGL and on downwind, you know, and then rabbit does the seven. same. Yeah. And then rabbit I'm, flies a pattern just like that. Well, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I'm flying downwind at 8,000 feet. I turn base at 5,000 feet and final at 3,000. I'm still 160, you know, miles an hour until I absolutely have to slow down to get the plane on the ground and just to be efficient so that there's a load waiting. We're getting it back up because, I mean, you're turning 182s, you're turning loads in 35, 37 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, God, that's efficient. To that's what, to what 11,000. 11,000. Oh, feet. that's higher than I thought you were going to say. So, I mean, it's, it's a long time. So. Yeah. So they're throwing people out at 11 grand at Lexington? Mm hmm. Man, depends on who's flying. If it's me, eleven five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I man, give a Dave and Cecily do so. They're doing such a great job, dude. It's the, the, I'll tell you what, man. They, you know, they, uh, uh, they've been really, really good to me, and I couldn't ask for you know, kind of a better kind of introduction into you know being a pilot in the skydiving world as far as um, you know, especially with one eighty two drop zones, just because it's you know you kind of have the opportunity to kind of ease into uh, you know, especially me, I, I eased into it. They let me train in the aircraft, you know, to, to make sure I was comfortable. Um, it just, this man is super great folks and super great environment. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, I tell people and not that it's good, bad or indifferent, but I tell people, I was like, man, you want to, you want kind of the opposite of what Spaceland is go out to go out to, to you know, Texas skydiving. And like 100%. I said, it's not good, bad or indifferent. It's just, if you want a really different experience, um, you know, head out there. I remember one load I was, you know, a lot of times I'll, um, for flying two planes, like I'll take all the fun jumpers for the day, you know, if, and then they'll let, um, you know, Andre, their main pilot will take. Um, all the tandems because they only go up tandems uh, they take up to 10 grand so uh, not, yeah not five ten grand so they turn those a little bit quicker uh, and so I'll take all the fun jumpers you know and I remember going in they use Burble um, for their manifest software I remember going in I walked in and I looked on the board and uh, our aircraft was on like a 10 minute call you know and, and I look over and I see like four fun jumpers like geared up ready to go and I was like are you guys on some tango x-ray and they're like yep just waiting for 10 minutes I was like we can go whenever you want. Like we don't have, you know, like there's not like, you know, space and it's like, you're going to wait until that clock gets to zero and then you're going to go, you know I mean? That's just how it is. It's about keeping that, you know, that, that timeline, but there's just like, well, if you guys are ready, we can, we can go or, you know, <laughs> we don't got to wait. So, but that's the great part about that, that environment is it gives you the opportunity to do that. So people can feel less intimidated a little bit, especially newer jumpers. Um, you know, they don't, they don't, I mean, I can see where Spaceland can be, especially if you didn't come Dude, up there. Yeah. Super intimidating. So, no, it's 100%. It's, it's a massive drop zone, multiple planes flying. So many jumpers who visit us have only been in the sky with three to four of their parachutes at a time. And oh, yeah. They show up to Spaceland and there, there, there's two planes with 20 people each plane flying. What, yeah. what, what, what? You know, it's, it's a lot to a lot of people. And uh, you, you say it's not better either way or indifferent no, it's just it's man i can enjoy a great steak at a great steakhouse i can enjoy a great absolutely. burger at that five guys because yep. i love five guys meat god i love five guys dude mm, if five man. guys is probably my like if i'm gonna just wreck my stomach like with a burger like that's yes. the move that oh uh, hands down so hang on if you have the burger mm -hmm. and no french fries 
Is that going to be anything different on your stomach? Because I, I just me, I feel like I the, never the French fries do more it. of a number on my stomach than the burger. I never, because I'm going to have the burger. I'm going to like it's one of those things. Where if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go. Yeah, in. you're going to do it, like, right? You know, like I'm not going to be like, well, let me get half the burger. See, you know? but the, the, so <laughs> burger fries and a diet coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, exactly. I, have, <laughs> I do. I've gone full full keto at Five Guys and done a lettuce wrap and no no fries. No bun, just to, just yeah. <laughs> I do exactly. that. I've Ooh, done that vegan. several times. <laughs> Vegans making sounds at you. Yeah, I'm not a vegan. I'm just trying. What if I? <laughs> You're a vegan. No, not how at do, all. How do you get a vegan meal at Five Guys? You just do a do French know. fries and have if them, I'm gonna go to if I've made the conscious well, effort to go to Five Guys, topping, I'm so you just it's gonna be like a double with cheese. <laughs> I'm gonna get the fries. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Like I have no like. It's not like you know. Like I'm just trying to make better like food choices. It's not like I have some sort of like. Uh, Oh, I gotta be nice to animals. You know, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> have you seen that billboard? And it's just like it's it's supposed to be. I think it's P, it's not PETA, but I, I don't know. It's somebody. And it's just like it's got all the animals like in a row, and it says, you know, where do you draw the line? Yeah. And it's somebody, and then you know, this like starts with like a dog and a cat and a, and a rabbit, and then it's like a horse and a cow, and then and then somebody went back over and made it into a meme, and it's like they drew lines, and it's just like yeah. normal normal day, and it's between the dog and the horse, and then it's like <laughs> post apocalypse, and you know, it's just like between the horse, you know, like. You know, like food shortage and then apocalypse, and then and there's just like nothing. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, the line's movable, but yeah. And all that stuff uh, is, is totally cultural, right? Like oh, what, what you yeah. will and won't eat, and what's sacred and what's not. I mean, that's how we like, started the show. You know, yeah. I, I really can respect the opinion of anyone who thinks that it's wrong to eat animals. Racist vegan. Huh? <laughs> Racist <laughs> vegan? <laughs> Racist vegan. What race am I? I <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about okay. it. <laughs> no, I just wanted to understand. <laughs> you were there. Um, Is that when you only eat animals that they're a certain color? Jeez. <laughs> or you don't eat a certain color? No, I eat cows because they're black and white, so they would know that I'm not prejudiced. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're black or white. It's like the black and white cookie. But no, uh-huh. I can, I can really cows. appreciate anyone who has sympathy and empathy and, hey, I don't want to eat an animal because it has feelings and it has a terrible experience of life. Like, yeah, I get it. I can fully understand all of those arguments. But uh, there's just no, I mean, I don't think I'm going to start a vegan debate right now with any of you guys, but uh, <laughs> I just don't care that much. So. Yeah. yeah. No, like it's, I'm not. But I think that it's totally possible to live in a, a mindful, sustainable, sustainable and healthful way of eating uh, a diet that's pretty highly concentrated in animal products. But uh, I, I, I absolutely agree. But if you got to eat plants and you want to eat plants, and you feel better eating plants, yeah. got to eat them. That's great. Man, what if plants have feelings and we just don't understand them yet and they're all crying every time we eat them? Well, Fuck those Cry plants. harder, I guess. If, if I that's a fact, you. man, strawberries suffer. <laughs> suffer fucking strawberries. I will eat every tear you cry. <laughs> it tastes so yeah, cry, juicy. Cry louder because I'm not hearing you. So I don't feel bad for strawberries. I, do, I love strawberries. I do not feel bad for them at all. I will eat them all. All 12 of them. So we know you're not doing just the pilot gig, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was doing that for a little while, and I do that on my off time. So, uh, you know, I, I was still going to continue that route, uh, the commercial pilot route, even through COVID. I mean, I was able to kind of keep flying, and you know, I was in a position where I could, you know, kind of do some other stuff, uh, you know, when I could, and and um, you know, just keep flying, keep building hours. But then I uh, last year, uh, last August, got approached by a company called Berna who wanted to, um, who was developing, they were manufacturing, they were already producing and selling. Uh, less lethal uh, weapons, less lethal devices, and they wanted to start a law enforcement division. And so they approached me and and another guy, uh, a couple other guys, uh, to uh, build a training program. And then that kind of blossomed into 
at first time, I mean, I was literally just contracted to write uh, a training program because I'd done that for some other things as well. And so I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll write your training program. I really liked it. So, you know, fast forward about fast forward about 45, 60 days and I was their director of training for law enforcement division. So I've been with them since. So, um, Did you show up like Denzel Washington on the movie training day? <laughs> I did not. Oh, well, I don't, you should have. Like just... Just like straight up, like just King Konging that, that me. exactly. Yeah, like, no. yeah, that attitude. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> All right. So, uh, giving all the white folks a hard time. <laughs> so, uh, no, no. It was you know, it was it was just it happened really, really quickly. It happened really fast, and and it was one of those things where I, I get it was a different path than I was wanting to be on at the time, um, but it was one of those opportunities that I, I really couldn't you know turn down, and and um, and it's exciting. It's you know, it's kind of like. Um, I mean, it's a bigger company, but it's uh, the law enforcement division is very new, and it's a lot like working for a startup. I mean, the company's small as far as personnel and you know procedures and process. So we, you know, we're, we've gotten the, the opportunity to really kind of shape, you know, how the company as a whole, not just the law enforcement division, but how kind of how the company as a whole operates and and has is growing, and you know, the R and D in the future, and um, the R and D is absolutely insane. Uh, we've got some amazing engineers that do some actual just just some really crazy stuff. Um, so being able to be a part of that on the ground floor has been, has been really exciting. And, uh, um, yeah, it's a lot of travel. I'm, I'm, you know, in March I was home for five days, like total, like weekends included. I mean, it was just five days. I was, so, but you know, it's, um, you know, we call it, <laughs> that's a, internally, we call it doing missionary work, you know, like it's, especially on the law enforcement side, law enforcement's a tough cookie to crack. Um, you know, we always joke that there's, there's two things that cops hate, um, the way it is and change. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta really kind of wriggle yourself in and, and, and really kind of push that mountain. And that has to be done, you know, very, uh, intimately as far as you got to get out there, you got to get in front of them, you got to talk to them, you got to show them product, you got to let them use it. You gotta, you can't just, you can't just send them stuff. You can't just email them. You know, you just got to get out there and beat the pavement. And, and so we call it doing missionary work because we're literally just, you know, I may be out there, you know, this this week I was in South Carolina uh, for like 18 hours uh, because a few departments wanted a demonstration. And so I went out there and, you know, did a demonstration for them, talked to them, answered their questions. And, you know, they, they were medium-sized apartments. It's not going to be a giant, even if they outfit their whole agencies. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, we're not talking $100,000 in sales. You know, we're talking, you know, maybe... 20, maybe 15, 20,000 and that on the high end, you know, but it's worth it to be able to get out there and build that relationship. And then I literally flew from South Carolina out to California and did the same thing 12 hours out in California and Sacramento and, uh, to do a very, a very similar thing out there. And I mean, it was a little bit bigger scale, but, but that's, that's most of my weeks. I'm either, uh, somewhere t- uh, doing a, a training course, you know, training a bunch of officers that, you know, how to certifying them to use it or I'm out doing demos, you know? And so it's, um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I still get to hang around, you know, cops. I still get to meet a bunch of people, and I still get to do something I enjoy and kind of you know help. Really, now going from being a law enforcement officer to doing this, like now I'm just you know I don't have to interact. <laughs> I don't have to interact with the public, uh, <laughs> you know. Like is really what it comes down to. I, you know, I just I interact with with the cops and get to and I feel like I'm I'm making an impact, um, you know, because I I get to help them and give them more options to um, to what they're doing. So. Yeah. So it's been it's been a it's been a cool journey and it's going to it's going to continue the freight train is definitely getting away from us as far as uh, you know we're 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 uh we're growing very very quickly. So But yeah, that's I feel like I'm talking too much. Am I about to interrupt you? No, you're not. You're doing a great job. <laughs> okay, sorry. 
Uh, you say less less lethal weapons? Yes. So g- give me an example of what that looks like. Just pull that. Uh, go to burner.com there just to show the love. Oh, yeah, lovely some lovely viewers. What.com? Uh, burner.com. B-Y-R-N-A is the name of the company. So, Or you can go to the YouTube page. We've got a bunch of cool videos on there too. So I also handle a lot of their content creation as well, especially on the law, enfor- but, uh, the law enforcement consumer side. And a lot of it is, is that as... As uh, I don't know what the term I'm thinking of, but not selfish, but uh, self-promoting as it sounds, you know, bringing the LE guys on, you know, some of that helps kind of lend some kind of credibility and, and professionalism to the product itself, even bringing us over. That's why we're doing a lot of content creation on the consumer side, on the retail side, because, um, you know, we, we can speak with some authority about, you know, utilizing, you know, stuff like this and utilizing weapons. So, so the, the kind of the flagship product for Berna is the, what we call the HD launcher and it's, it's a, Basically a hand. Sorry. It's basically a handgun. Uh, it's not a handgun, but it's a uh, looks like a pistol. It fires a sixty-eight caliber encapsulated chemical projectile. Um, so basically, it's a paintball, but a different kind of shell, and it's filled with horrible chemical agent um, that makes you very, very uncomfortable when it hits you. So mm. it hurts for one, and then yeah, it's it incapacitates you pretty well. So. And uncomfortable. It's just like a little life. CO two canister, like you get in a pellet gun. Yep, powers. Yeah, it's powered with an internal eight gram CO two cartridge. Yeah. When you say uh, horrible chemical. Yeah, like well, so, yeah, we have OC, we have OC rounds, and then we have what are called our Burner Max, which is Slow an OCCS blend. So. <laughs> What's an OC round? <laughs> Thank o- you. OC is pepper spray. So OC is oleoresin capsicum. So it's okay. the active ingredient in pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Um, OC is a naturally occurring chemical. I mean, it's it's actually the FDA considers it an, a food additive. Is that capsaicin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the other one? OCQRS plus. Our Bruna Max is LGBTQ. Yeah, LG- <laughs> <laughs> we fire LGBTQ balls at people. Um, so <laughs> You're gonna. Sorry, oh man, I, oh, I stopped no, myself before I said a terrible, I'm unforgivable thing. Is the ones they That's cut good. off? That's the. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so our Bruna Max is OC and then CS, uh, which is CS is the active ingredient, like which you see tear gas. So when you see like tear gas launch. Uh, that's actually CS powder in that gas. Uh, so they combine it, uh, and it, it's a little bit more effective. So. That's the stuff we made uh, Chulo dancing, isn't it? Did you gas Chulo? Oh, yeah. When did that happen? That was we didn't gas idea. him. He chose to dance in the wind. But where did you get CS gas? I don't, I, somebody, don't, don't answer. I, I have footage Plausible of this. Plausible <laughs> <laughs> Somebody dropped off a bunch of smoke canisters uh-huh. uh, for jumps. And it wasn't smoke? And, well, most of it was smoke. And it was all old military surplus, and oh not all of it was smoke. <laughs> so we took those and popped them in the Somebody triangle. Have a blue ring around it. Yeah, and <laughs> Julo went out and danced downwind of it. Oh God! And came back and regretted it. I'm sure. Yeah, CS is not fun. <laughs> it's 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 not fun at all. But, um, but yeah. So I mean, it's it's, it's very effective um, as far as uh, you know what it can do to an assailant. It just gives you know it's all about it's all about providing options both to. Sure, yeah. So as part of the process of getting certified, you have to get hit by it? You don't, no. Um, But it just seems like every demo I go to, though, like somebody's like... Somebody wants to feel it. Scots are like that, man. They're weird. The the kid that would eat anything (laughs) for a dollar. That's it. They're like, man, I bet that doesn't hurt. I'll take one. (laughs) And then they're, you know, like 30 seconds later, like, "Ah," just crying on the ground. Dude, awesome. Will you bring (laughs) one of those guns around the day we have John Barry on the show? Because he would totally... (laughs) Don't do that. Like, dude, 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 shoot me. Shoot me. Shoot me. Right here. Right here in the head. Right here. Right on the forehead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm ready. Oh, no. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll shoot whoever. I'm so if I tag you in the shoulder with this thing, let's yep. say, is that, that's going to be, that's going to... Very well, yeah. Because it, one, I mean, it's it's incredible. I get hit. 
So our, our law enforcement course, a lot of it's reality-based training scenarios. So like half the day we're doing actual scenarios where they're actually engaging, you know, a role player. And a lot of times that's me. So I'll get I'm getting shot like every other week. I always knew you were into role play. It is. <laughs> Safety words, banana. So, uh, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I get hit all the time. I mean, I'm wearing padding and stuff like that. But it Back seems like holiday. every class. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting hit all the time. Uh, but it seems like every class... Um, uh, oh, there's a video show right now. They're not having a good time. With that. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like every class, somebody finds a hole in the padding. And uh, so like the, the instructors that I teach with, like, you know, we've got kind of a, you know, a small cadre of instructors. And so I'll, I'll teach with, you know, one or the other of them. And uh, like, we all know each other's like role playing, like uh, kind of screen, you know, to, to, yeah, to, a, um, please don't show YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's still, yeah. Uh, so it, we, we kind of know like each other's like, you know, when you get hit and part of the scenario, you're like, ah, you know, let the, you know, let the, the, the participant know that you've been hit and, you know, just yeah, to get like him, when yeah, you, I mean, it's the same dumb student voice. Yeah. Right. So, um, but then they also know when that's real, like, oh, oh, he got, you know, you're like, <laughs> ah, fuck, you know, and you're like, oh, he got tagged. That was good. So um, they always seem to find a hole. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, you hit somebody in the shoulder, it's 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 gonna you're gonna get what we call direct impact value. So it's pain compliance. It hurts a lot, um, but then you get a three to five foot dispersal dispersal cloud of that chemical agent. So now they're gonna get affected by that chemical agent, which is gonna kind of carry that initial hit. You know, is kind of enough to get them to flinch. You know, because it hurts. And then by the time that they are, you know, kind of reeling back from the pain of getting hit, now the chemical agent's hitting them. Have you them, so. ever been hit by a paintball gun? Oh, dude, I used to play paintball. Sixth yeah. grade, dude, paintball was my jam. So, and like, up. So, these rounds are hard. They govern that. Yeah, these yeah. rounds are hard plastic. So, they're not, like, the soft vinyl-like paintball. Those are hard plastic, that, so they shatter. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not. And I'm guessing you're not pulling back the pressure on them. No, I mean, they're coming out at, yeah. I mean, they're coming out at 300 feet per second plus, so a little bit more, a little bit about what paintball is, a little bit more, so. Um, but if I if I hit you anywhere on your body, that chemical agent's gonna gonna most likely, do its yeah, job. it's gonna affect you somewhere. Now, how much it's gonna affect you is really dependent on the person. I mean, some people are just you know more. Some people know. would just put some chips and be like, "Yo, salsa, let's go." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, some people yeah. are just so on actually, what, so especially yeah. on the well, <laughs> on the on the OC, the pepper spray side, because it's a naturally occurring chemical. It's a naturally occurring in in in. Uh, you know, in, in nature, there's about seven and a half percent of the population that's not affected by pepper spray. You can spray them all day long, and it's just like you sprayed them with water. And it's just because they're genetically predispositioned to not really? be affected by Freaks. it. Freaks. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine, imagine finding that out, like nobody telling you that, and then finding that out, like when you pepper spray somebody that's about to fight you, and you're like, ah, oh, crap. Now I'm just really, <laughs> I have Superman. Really <laughs> pissed them off, you know, and it's, it just didn't do anything at all. So, um, it's about seven and a half percent of the population. So. Uh, that's kind of where that yeah, that other round comes in, where it's that OCCS blend. CS is a completely man-made chemical, um, so you, you can't have that really genetic predisposition. Now, there's people that can take it a little bit more than others. People that have been exposed to it a lot, of, a lot more, um, just kind of understand, you know, kind of how to process through it. But you can only process through it so much. So, so some people, yeah, one hit, they're one hitter quitters, man, and and uh, you hit them, and they as soon as that chemical agent hits, they're out. And then some people take a little bit more convincing. So. <laughs> convincing that's, <laughs> so, that's a gentle persuasion. euphemism for yeah. what's happening <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit more a little bit more persuasion so w- what about uh tasers or anything like that do they do any of that stuff no no so tasers it's obviously its own company its own brand um that falls under the uh electro- stun, stun gun yeah or electric conductive weapon so taser uses a technology that's called nmi neuromuscular incapacitation so um it's not just pain compliance uh, they're literally because you get hit with two probes and it's arcing 50,000 volts in between those two probes. And so what happens is 
Do you ever play with those balsa wood airplanes as a kid that had the rubber band? And you'd, sure. And you'd wind the propeller and then... Bzzz. So imagine that rubber band being your spine. So that's pretty much what happens when you get tased. It contracts every single muscle in your body. Um, and uh, just you just kind of kind of go down from that. You, I mean, you, it's very difficult to if you get a good spread. That's and that's kind of the the problem with taser and problem with the, uh, you know conductive electro, uh, electro uh, electronic weapons is that um, taser is a hundred percent effective if it's perfectly deployed. But it has to you have to get good spread. You have to get good contact. So you want the two leads to be far apart, as far apart change? as you can. Yeah, the closer you are, the less it's going to affect because you know you're only spreading it a little bit. You know, I mean, if I can get one in the shoulder and then one in the thigh, oh yeah, you're going to get. <laughs> you're gonna get <laughs> that was sexual. Ah, very nice. Uh, so you, I mean, you're going to get a good, you know, good uh-huh. NMI value out of that. But the problem is, it's very hard to get that. It's very you got you know you really kind of have to have a static target. Um, if he's moving around too much, you know, you risk missing and then. You know. And this is a device where it's it's actually it's got a cartridge that's going to fire off a couple yep. of prongs connected to a couple of wires. Yep. Now that's Taser. That's not what we do. So right, we, right, yeah. So I, uh, I didn't know that Taser was a name brand and yep. until, until you. Yeah, Taser is. They're made by a company called Axon, and they're they're carried. They're probably one of the most uh, ubiquitous, less lethal devices in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, forty percent of all agencies out there carry them. So, but I mean, they've got their they've got their limitations. Um, you know, so we're we're just trying to provide you know some more options. Uh, out there and some different options that you know and, uh, just to try to you know I, I always I always put it this way is even on the law enforcement side um, you know we've always um, any, anybody who's been in law enforcement for a while has, has seen officers you know no no shooting is a good shooting like not so much in that there's there's justified there's righteous shootings but none of them have good optics none of nope nobody wants that to be an outcome like that's not you know as much as anybody wants to think different like nobody wants that as an outcome the officer doesn't the agency the department the city the whoever they're working for nobody wants that as an outcome um and so you know we've all seen officers just you know they're they leave their careers after good justified righteous shootings you know that were you know they were cleared from because of just Everything that's involved with it—not not only the psychological impact, but you know the fact that they get put on administrative leave for months at a time. It's going to go to grand jury. They're going to get drugged through the mud. You know, I mean, the reporters will be on their family's lawn for you know weeks and months, and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. And it sucks. It sucks that they had to. You're describing like an officer who's gone through a justified shooting, justified shooting, yeah. whether where their life was legitimately in yep. danger, and they're going to be cleared of, cleared of the case. Yep. And you know, and anybody would agree, but you're always going to have you know detractors, and it's always going to be. You know, a battle. It's, you're always going to have to, you know, prove um, your your innocence. You're always, it's always going to go to court. It's always going to go to grand jury, especially here in Texas. You know, so um, there's always that kind of inkling in the back of your mind. This is, oh my God, you know, is this going to be? You know, are they going to, you know, try to fry me on this? Is, was there something they're second guessing themselves all the time? Was there something else I could have done? So you know, my end of of doing what, what and, and one of the reasons that I do it now is if I can keep that from happening if i can give them another tool or teach them some way to say look even though it, it was a justified shooting you had you know here's another or another thing you could have used or another way you could have done it um so they don't have to go through all that you know you, you know you go home at the end of the night you have lunch with your, you know dinner with your family and, and go about your business so um that's that's one of my big one of my big drives uh, on this and is just trying to trying to give them more options especially in this you know current you know social climate and what's going on so so yeah do you uh, you still have quite a few cop friends? Oh yeah. I mean, did the the, the the I guess you got out before it got really bad to be a cop. I right? saw the writing on the wall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it's always been tough, um, but yeah, I I got out. You know, kind of the way I see it is, I got out at a good time. 
So it's a good time to get out. So I kind of, I mean, I saw the writing on the wall and, and, and like I said, it was just, I, I, I was, it really came down to, honestly, I attribute my injury a lot to, to getting me out of, of police work. So, um, when I broke my pelvis. Yeah, I know what you mean. Tell, you want to tell more of that story? Yeah, I, I can. Sure. What? Uh, so how how did this injury happen? Uh, skydiving. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I uh, we were on a training. It was four way jump. Uh, we'd just been out at San Marcos um, at the uh, shootout out there, and uh, on Saturday, and then came back for a second training day. And that's the first jump of the day. Winds are kind of squirrely, uh, well, but within our limits. But kind of squirrely anyway. You know, just something that like, hey, just watch it. It's within our limits, but we're going to jump. First load of the day, we go up, have a great jump. I come down, I'm flying my, uh, I was flying a Katana uh, at the time. And uh, I, I, I mean, it was honestly, I was just flying super aggressive for, you know, kind of the squirrely winds we were having. I was just doing my thing, getting down. We were, you know, on a turn turn load. So, and I was just flying a little bit too aggressive for the, the wind conditions, admittedly. Um, I came in. Uh, on a kind of a front riser 90 uh, into the D area, just trying to hit the D area right there and, and you know be close so I could run in and and uh, came in on final winds were winds were coming like straight down the runway, uh, so kind of to the northwest. So winds were out of the southeast, coming northwest, coming up the runway. So I was turning on final and uh, I caught a rotor basically that was coming off of the the hangar because I was behind the hangar because I was trying to. I was trying to turn pretty deep so that, you know, I'd plane out and be like right there next to the, you know, you know, doing all the lazy stuff that, you know, we're not supposed to do because, because we shouldn't be doing that stuff. But, um, so caught a little rotor just enough to kind of, as I'm in that turn and in that dive, I just, it kind of caught the left side, you know, the front left and kind of just momentarily, you know, just, I just felt this flap on the left side of my front riser and it, and it spun me a little bit more and kept me in that dive in a little bit longer katanas have a pretty long recovery arc to begin with and so it just kind of re you know almost almost felt like it reset that recovery arc like nope you're not coming out nope you're gonna and and with my inexperience at the time and or or, i don't want to say inexperience but i mean i just didn't react fast enough i went to rears thinking that i was going to be okay and i wasn't So, (laughs) so i smacked the ground um my natural kind of bail maneuver uh, anytime I think I'm going to have a hard landing or a fast landing is to, is to go into a baseball slide, you know, is to kind of kick those legs out and see if I can see if I can slide it out. So I kind of did that same thing, uh, landed on my left hip and basically my, the two ilial wings for the two, um, you know, the outside parts of your hips tried to high five in the middle. So, oh, <laughs> son of a biscuit. Ouch. Yeah. So broke my sacrum, uh, the bone in the back just kind of cracked it in half, just broke it clean in half. And then my pubis symphysis, which is part that holds your, your pelvis together in the front, just just went by each other so i kind of had two halves floating around man it's um so canopy coaching a lot of people want to do high performance stuff sure. and and i i the two things i enjoy canopy coaching the most are the people who are just struggling to get it and i enjoy them because like helping you be a better canopy pilot is fun but it's not very rewarding no disrespect no. it just isn't sure helping mandy mcgowan you know her yeah who couldn't get her a license because sure. she couldn't land Get, allowing her to achieve her dreams, achieve her goal, allow her to enjoy a sport that she wasn't sure she was going to be able to, that's fucking rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And then teaching people to swoop. That's so much fun. <laughs> one one is super, super rewarding, and one is super, super fun. Sure. And one of the things that I encourage newer uh, campy pilots all the time is don't use your ears. Learn to land on your toggles for the longest time. 
and rears give you more distance, 10% further speed, 10% further distance. We're, go- we're making up a number at 10%, but it's 10%. Um, it's not a lot. Yeah, so on a 90-degree turn, you're going to maximize your power? No. You're going to maximize it? No. So why are you using your rears? Right. Now, when you start doing bigger turns and you start maximizing speed and distance, when you start dialing in that bigger turn, when you start dialing in that altitude in that lane, then start using rears because now you actually need it. Um, by the way, if you're a dude like Nick Lott who has graded all these turns and is a very competent swooper, uh, competent swooper, God then I, I get... I'll say medium. Dude, he fucking... Have medium. you seen... The motherfucker falls on his back. He fucking twists his body up. He can't land fucking straight to save his fucking <laughs> life, man. Every time... I didn't see that full Miracle Man the other day. That was, oh, dude, that was beautiful. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that was beautiful. Do you notice the uh, Miracle Man sticker? I did see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Miracles happen. Now. Miracles happen. Yeah. You like the little LB stickers bouncing around the screen? It's beautiful. Um, anyways, um, um, man, it, it's that's when you really need them. Guys who are who are already good at turns, already good at doing things and, and being on their rears, that's another conversation. But the biggest reason I've always argued this is trust your rears. It, it's a joke, right? It is. But you know how many people I've caught, I've coached who didn't know it was a joke? Who thought it was serious? Oh, yeah, thought it was real. <laughs> like it's this one of my favorite stickers is the Jesus take Jesus the rears. Take the rears. Yeah, yeah. Jesus take the rears. So it's and it's part of me is like, good. Darwin got rid of the idiots. Yeah. But I <laughs> mean, but the fact is, is if you are on your rears on nineties, on your rears on nineties, on your rears on nineties, your instincts will to be uh, will on be your on rears. your rears. Yep. Rears enhance performance. Toggles save your life. So if you're learning turns, get on those toggles. Use those toggles. Learn to use them to the best you can, because then when you add your rears, you're going to be so much better. Right. Like a safety wise, but the people who do get convinced to stay on their uh, toggles up to through seventy two seventies and then add their rears, they typically enhance their performance better than somebody who oh, started on their rears earlier. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Because yeah. people on their rears don't know how to use their toggles efficiently. Sure. Um, or safely, yeah. clearly, I'm that, an example. So. And I will say I, I do make um, – I, I will work in learning curves. I, it's a good example. Uh, Lori Pataloco is, is sure. coaching with me right now, and Lori is competing at FLCPA. Um, we've done a Round, lot second, of, second. Yeah. yeah this is last weekend, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. She learned a fucking turn one week before the comp. Saw, <laughs> went to the so comp awesome. and got compliments and kudos on her turn. And the funnest part was myself and Danielli, uh, you know, you know, my little new knit, my new shadow, uh, were co-coaching her. And that was Danielli's first time coaching anybody, anything on high performance. Nice. So, you know, for me to be involved with that was fun. But to watch my, my boy Danielli get involved with her and, oh, and yeah. to, you know, the whole little crew that we have going on, there's been a lot of fun. But man, I'm sorry I, I got distracted. Yeah. Um, I I I'm, hate to take that moral away from your, your your story, but I really wish people would understand. No, I, I use think it's your a, fucking talk. Yeah, I think it's a great. Uh, you know, it, it accentuates that that you know that advice very well. Like, take it from me. Like, look, I was you know, like I said, my inexperience told me, hey, just go to yours, you'll be fine. And it's clearly not. You know, I mean, it's it was I I, I will not blame anything. I don't blame the winds. I don't blame the canopy. That was clearly um, you know 100 percent pilot error. Um, you know, I was flying too aggressively. I didn't recognize, uh, kind of the, uh, you know, my OODA loop wasn't working fast enough to recognize the correct, corrective action quick enough, um, you know, in, in that particular time. So, and it, and it is what it is. So, I mean, I'm not gonna, um, you know, I mean it, so, so, so yeah, so I get injured. So, uh, broken pelvis, uh, I herniated the ductor muscle in my left thigh. I tore, completely tore my glute on the left side. 
And then your it's ass another, has been looking ripped lately. Uh, yeah, I literally, I literally ripped myself a new asshole. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I literally, I was like, oh, this is great. I have, I have another hole in my ass. So, um, so, so I did all that. So obviously, I had to take some time off of work. Um, I was off for a couple months uh, just because w- with our line of work, you can't, especially if you're injured off duty, you can't go back. Even even though I was a captain at the time, even though I was in administration, it doesn't matter. Everybody's, you know everybody's on the same plane as far as you got to be able to come back and hit the street if you need to. So you can't come back until you're physically able to do that. So I had to, you know, I was forced to take a couple months off and, and that really kind of gave me the time to, to think about it. And I think a lot of it is, is that a lot of cops out there, um, just because of the way the business is, um, because of, you know, they, they do a lot of, you know, you're not very trusting of other people. So you tend to kind of retreat into that community and not really kind of branch out. Um, uh, of that community. So you kind of surround yourself with that, which kind of increases kind of the cynical loop and a uh, you know, cynical spiral. So you tend to identify only as that, um, you know, if you ever, if you ever, uh, anytime I teach a class or anything, I ask people to you know, introduce yourself. All right, all right everybody, we're going to go around everybody's favorite part. We're going to introduce ourselves. And a lot of times cops, even in a, in a mixed environment, they'll start with, Oh, my name's Josh. I've been a police officer for 16 years. You can tell a lot by somebody by how they introduce themselves. You know, kind of, if you ask somebody, Hey, tell this crowd about yourself, tell these people about yourself, you know, with no, no prefix, no nothing, just tell them about yourself and listen to how they introduce themselves. That's their priorities. That's you listen to you. Cause you got, if you think about it, you got people that are like, Oh, my name's Josh. I'm, uh, you know, I've been a cop for 15 years. Uh, you know, I'm, I've got two dogs and, and um, a skydiver and all this. Boom. Priorities right there. Like, that's how they identify their priorities. Um, so you see that a lot with police officers, that that's the only way that they can identify. They don't know how to identify as anything else. You know, sometimes when you have kids, you know, you got guys that identify, you know, as dads and fathers and, and, and stuff like that. But for the vast majority, they can't see them identifying as anything else because they're so heavily ingrained into that, into that culture. So being injured and being out for a couple months and being able to kind of take a step back kind of let me understand that I can identify as, like I'd be okay not being a cop. Like I'd be okay not identi- not having to identify as that and being able to branch out and do some other things. So that's really what kind of was the catalyst for saying, hey, you know, and then, and then it was the fact of kind of the stage I'm at in life and the age I'm at in life, you know, where it's like, look, I either get out and do something different now because I still have the time where I could put in another 20 years somewhere. And if I wanted to, you know, you know, doing this and make a full career out of something different or I'm stuck here forever, you know, cause then I'm going to be too old to do that. You know, you know, five, you know, another five years or so I, I don't have that opportunity to be, um, you know, productive, you know, for that much longer. So are you saying I'm not productive anymore? No, you're plenty I'm productive five years now. older than you. Yeah. Now, but like, Actually, but like I 15 years from now, you know, maybe I actually not. might be 10 years older than you. <laughs> I'm 39. So 39, eight years. Well, there you go. So, but no, I just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to say, look, if I'm going to do something else, let's do it now, you know, and, and, uh, let's make that change. Let's not sit here and, you know, cause how many people are like, well, maybe next year, you know, do this other stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so that was kind of the catalyst for that. And, and, um, and, uh, yeah, that's when I made that decision to, to kind of take the leap, burn those boats and go from there. So. Burn those boats? Yeah. I don't know that phrase. So, uh, burn your boats. So, oh, was it? uh, Who went to search for gold in Central America? Not not Cortez? Yeah, Cortez. Is that it? Yeah. So, when Cortez, um, 
you know, kind of sailed his armada over to Central America, searched for the city of gold, El Dorado, or whatever it's called. El Ciudad de Oro, or whatever, you know, whatever, whoever you call it. Um, there was a lot of talk uh, by his crew. You know, they had a lot of doubts. And then they, they you know, there's a lot of pretense. He said, oh, we're going over to do this. We're going over to do this. And then they found out, we're doing what? We're over here searching for some, you know, non-existent, uh, you know, now screw this. You know, we're going, we're going back. We're going back. And so he, as soon as he got over there, he ordered all his boats be burned. And basically the whole concept is, is that we ain't going back. You, you can't. Got, you got to make it you work. You can't go back. We're here. We're stuck. We're making it work. Yeah. So, so now your only option is to, you know, I, I get having safety nets and I get, I get that concept and trust me, I mean, I've tried to build in some of those as well, but at some point you just safety nets kind of hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have the plan on what you're going to fall back on, then maybe you're not going, uh, maybe you're as, not as trying as hard as committed enough as you could be. Yeah. So That's cool. I said, look, let's burn the boat. Cause people are like, you know, we'll just do flight school on the back end and you know, on your off time and stuff like that. No, nah, man, I'll never get it done. I'll never do it. So burn them and let's go. So, uh, I can imagine your the 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 paintball pepper spray <laughs> the machine. What uh, what else? What else are things that my stupid not law enforcement brain would understand that uh, that you've given to these guys? So we're also involved in uh, forty millimeter production. So forty millimeter is um, you can chew that <sighs> mouthful like of ice. I can talk for a second. <laughs> What's that? Like a grenade launcher. It is. A, I mean, it's exactly what it is. It started. Forty millimeter was the you know the same caliber as, as high explosive grenades in the military. Forty millimeter, yeah, about that big. Um, six inches. So. Inch and, that's like inch and a half. <laughs> Just right. <laughs> inch, and, inch and three quarters, maybe. <laughs> so forty mil. So yeah, it started in the military as grenade launchers, and then just like a lot of other things that you know you saw civilian use in a less lethal platform. So now we use it for all kinds of stuff. Uh, we manufacture some direct impact rounds. So basically, doing the same thing, we manufacture forty millimeter round that you shoot directly at somebody, and it hurts. What's so bad. Sh- what sort <laughs> of a noise does this make? <laughs> Dude, did you ever build a nice. potato gun as a kid? It's exactly what it it's sounds like. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> 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 Yeah, our, our, our round's called the BIP, and it's the Blunt Impact Projectile, and I didn't know that's what it stood for for a while, and I was like, is that the sound it makes when it hits somebody? BIP! You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, which, it, which surprisingly, it, it does. Yeah, it sounds exactly <laughs> like that. Is it just like a beanbag? No, so ours is a little bit more technology. It's a lot more technology. So it's got a gel head uh, with stabilizer fins and all this other cool stuff, so it, it helps kind of, uh, it, it, when it hits you, it expands, so it... it, it um, uh, kind of helps distribute a lot of that force. So the way I put it is, it, you know, it's I can tell you it, it hits you with 200 joules of force, and that doesn't really mean a whole lot, you know. Um, but to put that in perspective, um, for any baseball fan, there you go, Justin. Uh, I know Justin, baseball fan. So Aldis Chapman uh, holds the record for the fastest pitch in Major League Baseball history. It's 2016, I think. Uh, I think it was 2016. He threw a 106 mile an hour fastball in a game, fastest pitch ever thrown in the major leagues. Um, imagine taking a hit from Aldous Chapman's 106 mile an hour fastball. I mean, can you, I, I don't know if you've ever like stood at the plate when, or stood next I to a ball. I stubbed my toe, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine taking a, a pitch from 106 mile an hour God fastball. Damn. That's only 165 joules. And this is hitting you at 200 joules. So, so another 30, 30% harder. Um, but it's safer because of the way it's designed. So um, you can literally fire it. I can fire it point blank at your head, and it's not going to crush your skull. Yeah, so. it's a Jesus. function of the surface area, right? How yep. it's distributed. Yep. So how it's, just, how it's distributed and then how it's carried through, and because it's got 
because of the technology, it's got this piston that comes out that distributes it. So it hits you with that much force, but it doesn't carry that force it, through. It's kind of so. like putting a phone book over your wife before you punch her. <laughs> I wouldn't know. That Holy shit. This <laughs> went to a really dark place. You've never heard of that? You, you put a phone book Terrorist. on someone, you hit Terrorist. him, it doesn't leave a mark? Terrorist. Like, <laughs> nope. Like, nope. Your wife. Don't worry. Sam's never heard of it either. <laughs> it's okay. He's not a cop anymore. She's not telling yeah, her. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's funny is I relate to what you're saying when it comes to electrical arc flash calculations. Uh, I'm about to nerd way out, but we use calories per centimeter. I mean, calories, joules, is both measure of energy. Energy, yep. But we divide it by the surface area. So, like, you know, if it's an arc that's this big at the same energy as an arc that's this big, it's going to kill you right. versus it's going to burn it's you. spread out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's a, a very similar concept. If you were to get hit by that many joules, you know, with something super small, yeah, it would absolutely oh, yeah, cook right through you. But, yeah. um, but fortunately, it's a lot safer. Uh, so you're getting hit with something harder, but it's not going to cause serious bodily injury. So, so once again, we've got another tool that, you know, can um, really affect somebody, but on the grand scheme of things is way safer than trying to do a lot of other things to them. So. Do you guys have like that 40 millimeter pepper spray ball? Yeah, so, I mean, so we do have we do have some chemical. Crowd and the, poof, yeah, we do have some chemical agent. Yeah, forty mil as well. Me. So, um, but then we also have some shoulder I can't fired find launcher that stuff. Cool shit on your website. Uh, uh, what, what the forty mil stuff or? Yeah. Uh, there's a forty mil page on there. We don't have a lot of videos on there. Wait, um, wait, wait, you got shoulder mounted rocket launcher? No, we got shoulder fired of the same. So that same that same you know pepper ball thing. Right. Yeah, we. I was going to ask you. It looks like a little AR. Yep, we got shoulder-fired launchers. We have one that's fully automatic, fires fifteen rounds a second. Um, so of those, actually, yeah, it's pretty freaking rad, dude. Fifteen, fifteen rounds a second. Pepper yeah, balls a, a second. second. Yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> Holy, it, well, shit. it sucks to be on the other end. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super cool to be on this end. Like that sounds more it. effective than a it's forty like, mil wah. riot round. Yeah, <laughs> we so gotta get John Barry cool. to hang out. I'm positive. Oh yeah, dude, I'm, I'll He's shoot him all day, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm already looking up burn-up products. <laughs> Nick's going to be your next customer. Do you guys yeah, sell this stuff to the public? Yep. Yeah. Retail um, a lot. So What's it take for me to buy one? Anything. You can go on the website. They, they don't work. There's no There's no permits. There's no nothing. Hmm. Uh, they're legal in all 50 states. You can carry it anywhere. Open carry. Do whatever. Do whatever. Yeah. I mean, you might not want open carry. Would, yeah, you can draw I mean, attention I'd to never, I'd never, you know, I'm never it, a big open carry guy. Sure but looks, do you look, have a like lot compact like versions? Or <laughs> That's the only version we have now. I can tell you that we do have R&D is working on them. What mm-hmm. size is that? About that. That's about the size of a Glock 17. It's a little okay. bit thicker, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but it's still conce- like I, I just actually put out a concealed carry video uh, on our YouTube page. You don't go there, uh, but I just put out a concealed carry video, kind of demonstrating how I, being five nine, one hundred and forty five pounds, can can conceal it. You know, if you make the right decisions on clothing choice and stuff like that. So, yeah, but, cool. I, yeah, and I don't even think it's that hard. It's uh, you it's, just you just gotta you know that's and, and you know from carrying a gun for as long as you have yeah, no. carrying a weapon is all about you got to make some sacrifices it's all about compromise you know yes you can't wear you know a bathing suit and you know carry I mean you, you yeah. can but you're gonna have to make some compromises of how you do that so but that's what you're I mean safety is always a compromise it's yeah. always a compromise you've been around me in times where I've worn tighter than I think I should be wearing clothing and actually get a check from you. You're like, no, you're clean. Yeah, no. And that's what I prefer is people don't know. And then I'm in public the other day and a guy just hikes his... his, Oh, yeah. He's fat and he has to hike his shirt up to move (laughs) in general. And now his pistol's hanging out. I'm like, "Uh, so I just want to let you know you're you're showing you down a little bit. Doesn't matter. I'm like, 
Okay, just I, I'm just letting you know. Okay, I know some people don't <laughs> like the show. Christ. I yeah. like to keep mine concealed, and just, I said that just so he knew I was a friendly guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not being a belligerent. I sure. keep mine concealed, like you know, I keep my pecker in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, this you know on the on the uh, on the consumer side with with, sit- with private citizens and whatnot. There's a lot of people that and look, I, I get it, you know, and everybody that knows me knows that I'm a gun guy, and and uh, but there are a lot of people that aren't, and I completely understand that, and yeah. I completely understand that there's some people that just don't feel comfortable with it, or. It, what I've run into more times than not is some people that, which I, I applaud those people that say, you know what? It's not that I'm adverse to guns. I just don't think I could pull the trigger. I just don't think that I could do that, man. Good, good for you for, for actually doing that soul searching and, and making that decision and, and, and being honest with yourself that, you know, cause you, you've got, you've got some warriors out there and be like, nah, screw it. I'll, Oh yeah. Any day, all day, you know, y'all smoke some fool, you know, let's oh, hop this guy. Oh, but like, God. they should not have a license. Yeah, but, but like, <laughs> but, it's a lot of posturing, you know, and then, but then you have the real, you know, some real people out there. They're like, I don't. And if, if you can sit there and say, I don't know if I would, that hesitation is then is likely to get you killed. Mm. So, so the great kind of part about, about something like this is, is that it's kind of right down the line for people like that because they're not going to have a problem. You know, look, you're not going to kill the guy, you know? So you kind of eliminate that hesitation. And I'd rather somebody send five rounds of something that's less lethal then somebody hesitate and not send anything and then get themselves hurt. You know I mean? That's sure. So it's, like I said, it's all about options. So. I can think I, of a lot. I of carry a fair amount and I always like the scenarios run through your head, right? It should. It, yeah. It's just one of those things. And like, what does it take to get to that point? You know, it always, it's in the back of your mind and it's good to, to think about like what happens in between that. Like, you know, I trained train Kung Fu for four years. So I feel pretty confident that it would take a lot for me to get to that level. Yeah. Um, but you know, am I going to get in that physical altercation and they train fucking something else for 20 years right. and I'm fucked at that point. Right. Like I lost you haven't, my chance and you haven't really, and that's what I tell people, look, you know, the vast majority of, of altercations that you're going to get in over your lifetime, the vast majority can be handled through deescalation or avoidance. You can right. talk your way out of most. I mean, think about all of the, you know, the altercations that you've been in, all the arguments, all of the, just the negative, you know, negative interactions. And you've probably, 99.9% of them have talked it out or just walked away and it, and it was fine. And that's, so you got to kind of put it in perspective. So, so you think of most of those altercations and then, you know, you, you may in your lifetime, maybe probably not, you know, come across an altercation that's going to require the application of deadly force. But most people will go their entire lives without ever coming across that. But could it happen? Absolutely. Could it happen tomorrow? Absolutely. Could it happen on the way to work? Absolutely. Mosquito season's coming. <laughs> Deadly force, <laughs> but, motherfuckers. But, uh, but, but you know, absolutely but probability like the idea wise, of having like that, but that then there's, option. Yeah, right? but then there's this gap in the middle where, yeah, you're way more likely to come across a... <laughs> you're breaking your own shit. You're way more likely to come across an altercation that... You may not be able to talk yourself out of, but the use of deadly force is not going to be presumed reasonable. So, you know, like Justin said, you know, it's great if you're comfortable, you know, with, you know, being able to kind of handle that hand to hand, but a lot of people aren't. So I could, yeah, when I bought my, uh, my Kimber, uh, micro carry, uh, it came with like a little single use pepper spray, uh, gun deal that was, you know, it was a concealed, Mm -hmm. Uh, size same almost the same size as the camera. I was like, oh, yep. this is kind of a cool little option, but little I don't want to carry something tool. that like you can only use it once, and if you fuck it up, then, yeah, 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 <laughs> then you're gonna need <laughs> the other some, one. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I tried. <laughs> yeah, it's the only tried defense. So, so yeah, so it's been good. It's been good to try to uh, to get out there and do something different, provide some other options for people, and and uh, and uh, you know, do some cool stuff. So, 
I can think of a lot of uh, friends who are business owners who have to make occasional bank transactions, go to the, the, the bank. It used to be almost daily, and now it's it's less sure. often with a lot of businesses. But I know friends who would like to carry something, but mm-hmm. they, they don't want to carry a gun. And I do not blame anybody because nope. what an intimidating thing, right? And it's cool. I didn't know options like this existed for sure. average everyday people. A lot people. of people don't. And that's that's been the great part about my job is is being able to kind of kind of go around and educate and and uh, you know introduce something that's you know that's fairly new to people and and have kind of you know and, and kind of share that epiphany moment with people that you know that you know have otherwise not ever had any you know felt any comfortable about carrying anything to defend themselves and now actually like man I could I could see myself doing this you know and that makes me even though I'm a gun guy even though you know I'll carry a gun everywhere I can yeah. you know but but it, it still makes me feel good that I'm I'm able to kind of introduce something to you know and kind of give somebody that epiphany moment that, that uh, you know that. that you know that there's something that they can do to, to help protect themselves and you know not be a victim so it's it's a nice it's a great option to have and sure. i mean if you could carry both it would be super nice because sure but the idea of shooting somebody with that that doesn't bother as a matter of fact that sounds like fun sometimes i'd probably get more That's, in trouble I, with I, that I, I got a question the other day <laughs> and it says well if i shoot somebody in the parking lot if i shoot this guy in the parking lot you know what, what's going to happen to me with the police and all that stuff i was like i was like if you're walking through that is a female so if you're walking through the parking lot and some guys you know creeping on you or something and it comes down to it where you pull that out and they don't go away and and you know you shoot them with five rounds of uh, uh, you know of the projectiles that you get in your, you get in your car and you drive home i said if you want to call the police call them <laughs> you know but they're going to tell you they're going to say you did what and they're like well this is a creepy guy and i shot him with some pepper you know some pepper spray stuff and they're like okay and he went away and they're like yeah he went away and i drove home all right well have a nice day and they're not going to care like i mean it's okay the problem resolved itself great perfect you know and if he calls the police what's he going to say like oh yeah i was creeping on this chick and uh, <laughs> she totally wasn't having it you know and, and uh this and fucking karen yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was planning this kidnapping and this woman yeah. really messed that yeah. up for me yeah. really threw a wrench in my she didn't like the dragon on the side of my van <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently free candy wasn't you know wasn't a well, I know what I'm painting on my van. It's free candy on one side, dragon on the other. <laughs> Dragons on the other. Tacos, man. You gotta Texas. have a topless chick next to it, though. No, that goes on the hood. Tacos, oh, so. no. <laughs> free tacos. Free tacos. That's how you get it. Oh, man, you'll get people all day long. Yeah, Great. that's all free you tacos. need right there. Yeah, I'm in tacos. You know, it's interesting that the taco, the the ice cream truck was so successful driving around the neighborhood <laughs> with some music, right? Oh, man, why don't why don't taco trucks do that? Dude, play uh, like La Cucaracha. D- uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> you would get you would get so much more success. Uh, dude, uh, hands down. Like, yeah, if, have you heard? Dude, if I heard that going down the road right and, now, yeah. you guys would have one less person participating <laughs> yeah. in the podcast. I'd also guarantee you'd know who all your stoner neighbors oh, are. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, come back with those quesadillas. <laughs> he just has to make one stop and he's like sold out. Like, I'll take all of your tacos, please. <laughs> Can you just come park in my driveway? <laughs> I'll come back out every 15 minutes. <laughs> if I so I'm surprised like there's not more taco gone. trucks in the drop zone. Why, why are we having taco? Oh, I guess. We got the cafe's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. So you need more tacos. You know, I did eat it. There's, there's a, did you see the giant new communication tower that's uh, right off the ah. other side of the exit when you go to, onto yep. 1462? No. Uh, yes. Saw it the other day. It's Long huge. Day. Uh, it's, uh, imagine. It's to the east. east of 288. But so North or south of? Uh, south. Okay. South of fi- uh, it's ju- 521. It's just on. No, it is actually on the north side. If is you it? If you get off on 1462 and you head east, the tower is just on the north side of the road, but not by very far. Oh, okay. The, the guy wires go out almost to 1462. Jeez. I, I, I missed it. It's big. 
But if you drive like you're going to go check out the base of this tower, you will find a taco truck that has some <laughs> pretty fantastic quesadillas. Were you going to go check out the base of that tower? And no, someone had gone over there. Oh, and to check out the base of that tower? I don't know why to they base, were over there. To base Dude, off you know that what's tower? funny? We got a phone call one day on like, a, it was a Saturday. And someone called us right after a load had landed and said, hey, uh, I was driving down this road, and I know where you guys are at, and I think you might have had a, a skydiver land off. They landed right by this mm-hmm. this tower. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh. <laughs> and I started looking. Oh, I'm sure that was one of yours. I started, I'm sure that was one of ours. No, I, I legit didn't even have the thought. I just started doing a head count of, like, who's it? And they're back, and everyone's back, and everyone's back. And it was into, after I knew everyone was back and thought about it. I was like, well, maybe they saw a paraglider or something over there. And I was like, oh, by the Oh, by that tower, thousand yeah. foot tower. Yeah. yeah, okay. No, I'm like I said, I'm sure it was one of ours. Yeah, not on a plane. Yeah. Is it yeah. a thousand like, foot? I don't know if it's a thousand. It's probably. It's big, man. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember like going driving home the other day and like seeing something weird. Like I like what you know, and then like oh that's new, you know, and that was I was like holy crap, man, it's huge. How how tall are the ones over here in Pearland? Two thousand nineteen They're, eighteen. They, they, they could be. They, they could call be them thousand. the twins, like in aviation, like because you're taking off a, a flat of parallel sometimes. And yeah, that's one of the. You got to watch out for the twins, so because they're freaking massive. They're twins. They're like eight of them. Well, that's the farm on the north side. Uh, on the south side, I guess that would be closer to like Friendswood. Then you have the giant twins. Oh, so, so we're, I think you were talking about the ones over. By oh, yeah, that's the big uh, farm Missouri up there. City. Yeah, the big com farm up there. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what. Those I was are eighteen hundred ish to two thousand. If those are eighteen hundred, I bet you this other one might be a thousand. Yeah, it's, it's not small. Big Definitely baseable to party. <laughs> Man, I I don't understand how I've, I'm just sitting here like, how did I miss seeing this thing, dude? Just the brightest guy. Yeah. Maybe you're probably just locked into. The, I mean, it's uh, it's visible from pretty far, pretty far north. Uh, especially if the if you know it's still twilight and the the lights are are going on the tower. But you'll you'll notice it. I'm checking four Let's flights, see. see if they've updated. I think uh, it is. I think part of it is is the drive from here to the drop zone is so cruise control for me. Oh, I was gonna say autopilot. A hundred percent, man. And and a because I've driven it enough times in my life, but also because it really is an empty drive from here to the freeway. I live as close to the freeway as Baseland is to the freeway. Almost identical drive, just a road to the f- to two eighty eight. Yeah, and that's it. So uh, Fourteen forty nine. Which well, she's a big one, but I, you know, I did. There are so many uh, of those towers around. Bet you I think like when well. when they first erected it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> fair and better. Fair. I saw it and was like, man, have I just never noticed this tower for this long? This is crazy. That thing seems like it's so close, and I only knew that it was brand new because some some dudes that had worked on uh, building the tower came over to jump, and. Uh, uh, otherwise, you could have talked me into believing it was there. You know, the whole time. honestly, because it's uh, you know it doesn't really um, it doesn't really get in our way. I don't see it being you know it's not going to be in, it's far enough away that the pilots have climbed you know high enough to clear it, and they don't really have to you know it's not right off the end of the runway, but it may be close enough to maybe cut down on some of that um, some of that uh, like bandit traffic over the DZ though. So because people are going to really want to steer clear of it, so. Um, because I know that's or an issue. Sunday drivers, or it pushes more bandit traffic near the towards, DC and that it could. They won't go to the, the east side of it, and they'll divert over the west side. It absolutely could. We had a lot of that. I was at uh, Lex flying at Lexington last month, and and I think in a day we probably had four, four. I mean, like direct over that drop zone flyovers, and I'm just like. You know, it's just they're not technically breaking any rules, though, right? They're using no, no, they're well. 
No, they're I mean, not. Other than they didn't uh, look at the sectional chart and didn't make a great right. flight plan. And you've seen, I mean, and you've seen the new uh, the new four flight and how they now even more highlight. You know, now there's an actual active. You know, it almost looks like a TFR. It's not. It's yellow ring instead of a red ring mm-hmm. around all the parachute jump areas now. So, I mean, it's even highlighted even more. Four flight's done a great job. So of it. it's not that they don't read. I've talked to a lot of pilots about this over the last few years, including my uh, AME uh, Airman Medical Examiner, mm-hmm. the FA doctor. Um, in the the last FA doctor I've had, he'd not uh, done a medical with a skydiver before. As we were talking, like, yeah, no, we fly through there all the time looking for you guys. I'm like, dude, did you know we have like maybe 50 sometimes jump planes? You're kidding. Yeah. Like, no, there's nonstop jumpers. Oh my God, we thought like maybe like two or three a day. So I think part of it is a lot of it for sure. They're not reading sectionals. They're not paying attention to the charts. But I think a large part of it is, is, Tell it. Tell somebody that you've made more than two skydives in a day, and they're blown sure. away. They're sure. like, like <laughs> what's the most skydives you've made in a day, Nick? Fifteen. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. You sixteen. Good guess. Skydive in a day? You mean yeah. that was a week, right? No, no day. What? And it blows sure. your mind. So I think a lot of these pilots do it ignorantly, not realizing what they're really getting themselves into. Um, some of them, absolutely. I agree. Sure. They just aren't looking. They're just not looking. They don't listen to the radio. Dude, general aviation is the wild freaking West, man. It is. That's one of the biggest things I learned at flight school. Jay Stokes would really blow their mind. What? Right? Who's that? Was that? Jay Stokes would really blow their mind. Oh, yeah. yeah, with, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that blows our mind. And how many? 40. God, Jesus Christ. I'd be exhausted. I still don't know how that's What does possible. he eat? <laughs> uh, Pedialyte is one of those yeah, things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, in the plane, every so many loads is water, every so many loads is Pedialyte, every so many loads is whatever different chemicals are going sure. in. Um, so many loads is piss bottles, and he doesn't have a choice. Yeah. He has to. Like, what's, the, <laughs> what's the ride, like three minutes? Uh, Something like that? No less. <sighs> yeah, it, it's on the ground every couple minutes, so it's like a minute. Literally, when he gets in the plane, you dive over the top of him, hold the door, in case you miss the carabiner that goes to his harness, because that's his seatbelt. And if you miss that, you're just being a seatbelt because the door doesn't shut and it takes off immediately, banks over, door oh. down. Um, I don't yeah. think anybody else missed the carabiner. Um, I just made a habit instead of grabbing the door of having whatever was next in my hand. So I would just pin myself to the door with that so he could just grab it when he wanted. Um, sometimes it was putting a oxygen mask on his face because he wouldn't. Sure. When he's not doing uh, his last attempt, he wasn't doing well. Uh, the, the, he, everything sure. just was not. And how old is Jay? Uh, he was, I think, I think he was 50 in his last okay, attempt. Yeah. I think he was right around 50. Um, but it was just a really brutal hot summer day. One of the hottest days uh, in Indiana. Heat index of like 120, something oh, stupid God. like that. Um, it was, was absolutely brutal. I've never seen uh, Jay crash his parachute mm. more times. Like that one day I saw him crash more times. I've seen him uh, crash his, my, my entire life and him and I worked full time together for years. Um, also people had him landing in horrible places. Um, he was landing downwind of the prop wash. Oh, Ooh, is um, that undesirable? Is that not Yeah, right? yeah, right. <laughs> I actually got, uh, wrote in rotation for safety officer early because I wanted the changes made. I'm like, look, dude, this is what the fuck are we landing here for? Um, hopped in the plane, spoke to Jay between loads, spoke to the, the ground guys and had a lot of setup change, but it cuts on his time. So he was completely beat up and he didn't want oxygen. He didn't want to eat. He didn't want food. He was really difficult sure um and, and I, here i am oh, i'm just taking a ride in an airplane up yeah. and down this yeah. motherfucker why Scott you gotta or, be so difficult <laughs> yeah. You know, like. yeah um fortunately he's a good buddy and, and i could be sure. pretty direct with him like hey look bro what the fuck come on um i don't know how he does it otherwise i think yeah i mean that's i mean it's you know it's, it's like anything it's a mental game you know you just yeah. got to be 
um, mentally prepared and, and able to kind of push through a lot of the, you know, a lot of the challenges like, like the, the nutrition and, and, uh, you know, just the, just the, the fatigue, uh, of, of, of the whole event, not necessarily physical fatigue, but the emotional fatigue, the, um, you know, psychological fatigue, all that. I couldn't imagine, man. I just, every time he would get up to get out of the plane, it's just like, uh, you, you literally get on a parachute, spiral down, yeah. land. Somebody's taking your rig off of you. Somebody's throwing your rig on you. They're literally helping throw you in an airplane. You land on a wrestling mat with some dude humping on top of you, <laughs> trying to force fluids down your throat. You have about a, like minute a, to a minute to a minute and a half of this max before they just dump your ass <laughs> out of the plane again and you start all over. A minute and a half. You last you, 30 seconds longer yeah, than the average guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you were right up there with my sexual performance until you got to jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think it was like 250. 15 or two uh somewhere on 215 was uh um uh jump to jump is what yeah i feel like you said that on the sh- that show like two between 215 and 230 yeah something like that that's incredible so, yeah didn't he have like a control line towards the middle of the parachute so he could spiral it down super uh, fast so there was, or something or like that. there was a uh there's a line attached to the inside b, b connection b point yeah. yep and a lot of crew people use it and just pull down on that. So it's a mechanical advantage. It's much easier to pull than any Outside other lines. I don't remember him saying what his main canopy. Uh, Specters. Specters, yeah. Yep. Do you want size? Uh, 170s, 190s. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, dude. Partially because that's what he all, that's what he flew. That, that's, that's his canopy of choice. That's his canopy of size. Um, so it's what he's most familiar with. Also, it's as he got fatigued and tired, he wasn't concerned with having less... Than optimal landings, but other than that one event, I think he always had really stellar landings. Um, I think that one event, man, it, it's it's uh, Mother Nature did not want him to win that day. Uh, gosh, uh, his his son Nick is, is a buddy of ours, and and Valerie and I took Nick to dinner. Uh, his buddy Dwayne, Nick, Nick has cerebral palsy, super super nice dude, close close to my age, but needs somebody to help him, needs somebody to take care of him, and his, his buddy Dwayne was at, so we took him to dinner. After dinner, we drop him off to the hotel. Dwayne's like, bro, I got it. We're going to tuck in. We're going to be good to go. We start driving back to the DZ. Bad thunderstorm coming and literally completely shut him down. Oh, that sucks. The uh, last jump, wind's completely kicked up. He landed uh, He landed on the property, but nowhere near he was supposed to be. People weren't sure where he was. It oh, was God. in the dark. Ugh. It was in the dark. He face planted, a little bit of bloody nose. He was A-OK. Sure. But <laughs> it, it was... It was <laughs> relatively. Uh, yeah, relatively, yeah. Um, but, man, Mother Nature just... It was the hottest day. It was, everything was against him. The winds weren't the right way, and it, it was a shame because it was. It's cool to see, man. It, oh, it, I it, can only imagine. Sucks to see your friend not achieve a goal they really worked hard for, and he oh, was sure. He trains for a year for this. Jeez. You know that whole idea. Six months prior, he's drinking some weird drinks. Three months prior, he's eating some weird diet. You know, whatever it is, and it's 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 amazing. But fuck, it happens. What diet are you doing right now, aside from candles? Like what? Uh, just hundred uh, <laughs> percent candles. <laughs> Smoke, I don't know, I didn't know if you were meat. doing super into wax right now. Candlevore. I don't know if you were doing some. <laughs> some, some <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's the horn? There, there you go. go. Uh, I'm doing the smoke diet, so I'm good. Are you? That's good. I've got a Traeger smoke pellet. Uh, oh yeah, my nice, god! And nice. dude, smoke meat in my life right now. Guaranteed. I was wondering if that was a 420 reference. Smoking meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hey. oh, yeah. It's worth it. 20 seconds. Yeah. Dude, I saw a I meme yesterday. 421. Sorry, National Surprise <laughs> Drug Test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Shit. great, man. Like, fuck. Um, yeah. W- w- are you doing anything special? Just uh, just no bullshit, I'd say. Yeah, it's good. I, I eat a lot of, yeah, a lot of meat, good. veggies, eggs. 
That's yeah, that's good. it. Good I'm, for you. I'm pretty balanced right now. I am not eating anything crazy special. I if I got zero issues having a cheeseburger right now, zero. Oh, sure. Um, but I'm do my best to eat re- relatively healthy, balanced meals. We still eat vegetarian a lot, um, but I say a lot. It's regular meals are vegetarian. I'd say maybe a third of our meals, maybe a little bit more, is vegetarian. You, you doing like a, a Hello Fresh? Any of that stuff? No. Well, uh, man, Val is dude. The bitch is fucking crazy. <laughs> I love her to death. Um, Glad she stopped watching the show like years ago, dude. <laughs> Val stopped listening to me the day we started dating. Man, That's fair. That's <laughs> let's fair. be real. No, um, so Val's an, Val's got her master's degree in urban planning. Right. Let me repeat this. Val has a master's <laughs> in planning. Sure. Dude, I can open up an app right now and click on something, and all of a sudden, everything is populated. I don't know if she still has this, but she at some point had, I want this meal, this meal, and this meal, and it populates our, our oh. grocery list. Oh, wow. Um, we oh, go cool. in the grocery store. This is in order of what the grocery store is in order of, dude. It's fucking oh, yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> so we have very smart portion control. If you ever open our fridge, um, I think you've both put stuff in our fridge. You notice it's never really full because Val sure. knows how to, to do that. Um, and she cooks. Oh my God. Bitch can cook. Do you still not eat during the day? Like, I, I, I don't eat until I'm off work at least. That is insane. I mean, I usually don't eat until I get home, but uh, oh Chipotle is on the way here. So <laughs> fuck that shit up. So what about, <laughs> in, the, what about in, the, in the summer when you're not off work till eight yeah, or nine o'clock exactly. at night? That's it. Dude. Bre- I gotta eat breakfast often. when you get home. It's, I mean, it's just your body just adapts to whatever I, you, know, you do, it's, right? It's very true. And it's so I, true. you know, part of part of the way I eat developed naturally. Like I was super into the keto diet. Like I was testing my ketones every yeah. day, making sure you know, you're staying ketosis. Yeah, like, like for yeah. real, for real, I was for pr- probably like the first time I successfully got into ketosis, which took me a, a few weeks the first time because <laughs> I don't know if I just wasn't doing it right <laughs> just or like celebrating. My, like yeah, no, that's about normal. No, once weeks, once yeah. I was there, I was gonna stay there because I, I right. felt once it started working, I felt good, and so then I you know at first I was like bringing eggs and whatever to to work to, to as part of my diet, and then I realized I I wasn't eating the food that I was bringing, so I just stopped bringing it, and then you know whatever it is that you know I, for me it seems to be like if I have a cheat day. And I go eat this box of donuts that we're gonna have, whatever. <laughs> yes. Whenever we do that, yes. The, the next day, I will be hungry at a time and in uh, a way yeah. that I'm not normally hungry because my body's like, oh, that that fast I, burning yeah. sugar, that was cool. Give me more of that. <laughs> yeah. But after a couple of days of not having that, that feeling totally goes away. So unless, like, if if we're sitting around at the drop zone and we're talking about food, yeah, I'm gonna get hungry. Yeah, I want to start having but cravings for all the stuff it, that we're talking. Yeah, your but body's not. No, I, I don't. Your body knows you just don't eat then. And yeah, like that that low happens. blood sugar feeling that oh, I'm tired. I got to eat right now, or like I just don't. I just don't get that. That's awesome, and uh, it feels good, and it it makes my uh, energy pretty like level and even throughout the whole day. Like I don't feel I there's no spikes or yeah, or a bunch. Because uh, there's no spikes, there's no. Yeah, and I don't need no an troughs. afternoon nap after. Yeah. after dude, my mom, I, I hung out with my mom while I was in Utah. She made me a giant breakfast, which I'm I'm not a breakfast person at all. But you know, when you're at home and your mom's gonna cook, you're not gonna breakfast. Yeah, no. you're gonna yeah. say yeah. hell yeah. It's hell easier yeah. to say. But uh, say yes. dude, I ate this giant meal and then I was gonna hang out with my mom for a few hours <laughs> and I fell asleep <laughs> on her couch. So uh, yeah, I don't get that. I don't you know I I don't get I don't get tired. That's, I mean that's that's, that's awesome. That's feels very good. good. And there's a bunch of I mean. There's a, there's a lot of science. A health it. movement around intermittent, intermittent fasting, fasting yeah. right now, and there is. 
Uh, dude, if you if you I don't can, doubt the science on it. I yeah, if you can, but if you can convince me about something with science, man, it's real hard to change my mind. <laughs> oh, I'm data driven. I'm data. There, so yeah, I like, completely understand that. Yeah, there's a uh, God. I can't. I'm I'm sure I've mentioned this guy's name before, but I can't remember his first name, and he's got a silly last name, so I'm not even gonna bring him up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> man, if I hear smart scientists talking good sure. stuff about about diet, man, I'll I'll buy it. That's why I, you know talking about Daniele earlier as a canopy coach. I love. Daniele's kind of approach to a lot of, especially his own uh, pasta, <laughs> his own uh, his own flying, just because he's so data driven, and that's I mean, and I get it, you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes you can get kind of wrapped up in the data, but um, but I I, I like that. So I'm, yeah, Daniele like actually like does a really good job of taking that data and still being a pilot. It, yeah. yeah, and that it's it's such a hard part. It's, I actually struggle with this infinite amount of data available to canopy pilots now. Oh yeah. And my struggle is, is people are so flying the data that they're actually not really pilots. They're they're engineers, <laughs> and fucking engineers are retarded. Dude. Let's just be real. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> um, that was for Justin. No, but you you know what I mean by yeah. that. And ultimately, well, you, you, think you have to fly yeah. the wing, right? Like this data will help you understand how to fly the wing. Um, and, and thankfully, Daniele does a pretty good job of that. And sometimes you just got to listen to the song Danger Zone and get wild. That's what Lori's been doing wrong. Actually, right. Dude, she's crushing it, man. Yeah, she is. I remember when I first asked you some advice about swooping. God, you, I, you know what your advice was? Don't ask me. <laughs> I was like, hey, look, I'm trying to do some turns, all this other stuff. And, you know, what's, what's your advice? He goes, I don't know, just throw your canopy at the ground that was that was literally your advice i don't know just that sounds like a move i made throw it towards the ground and it'll yep. it'll do the things and so i'm like find your line throw it at that line <laughs> throw it at the ground like awesome oh, and uh yeah, and then one. spin yourself up yeah yeah and then dude it's so stupid that that's fun like <laughs> to think about it like when i let's say that i was to get injured doing that that trick that you saw Someone's going to take me to the doctor and he's going to say, how did this happen? And I was like, well, I was landing on my parachute, right? And then I decided I needed to do this part. <laughs> and he's like, but, but so that helped you somehow? No. No, not at all. My, my, friend, I landed. Cool, my friends bro. were going to see it on the internet. <laughs> and people, I did it for the social. Pe- people that don't know about skydiving. What? People that don't know about skydiving don't understand that's a trick. Like that, they'll like people will say, like someone might see me do it. You know, Tanner student be like, "Why did he do that? Yeah, like, oh my god! Did he, yeah, did he? Is it gonna be okay? It doesn't even look cool to someone who doesn't know what what that is. And it's so I, stupid. And it is so fun. I love watching tandem students watch you guys do freestyle <laughs> because the way they freak out because you almost crashed. Oh, yeah. oh my God, did you see? He fell out, dude. He pulled out. He almost crashed, dude. Well, that I was, like when you slide your body across the ground. Oh, like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally n- unnecessary. When I, when I went no to the, one needs to do that. It's when my I got, favorite thing. When yeah, I got to the do. hospital after after my injury, you know, I, 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 my biggest thing is I walked off the field. I was going to walk off. Um, you know, despite, despite the, the multiple objections, um, I, you know, I was, was, was going to make it off. I was going to walk off. I get to the hospital and, and the guy's like, do you want some pain meds? You know, while we, we got to do an ultrasound, make sure you don't have internal injuries, all this other stuff. Do some tests. Do you want some pain meds? I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm good, man. And he could tell that, you know, I mean, I was, I mean, it was, I was in a, you know, a bit of pain, but he could kind of tell that I was just trying to, I, you know, that was just me. I look, I, I don't know if I was mad at myself or, you know, and I was just like, no, no, I'm, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. He goes, dude, you fell out of the sky. Like, <laughs> it's, o- it's okay. Like, you, you have a legitimate reason. Like, you know, like, he like, goes, you fell out of the sky. Like, you're, you'll, you don't fine. have to be a tough guy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. You didn't just like fall off your bike. Like, you, you literally, <laughs> it's more than a boo boo. Fell out of the sky. It's okay. So it's I was a like, bang bang. Okay. <laughs> so, 
bring on the fentanyl. So, <laughs> that was great. Fentanyl's great. I don't know if I've ever had it. Oh, it's quite amazing. So. I've had morphine once, and holy yeah. shit, that is, there's, that's a drug. Oh, like, yeah. I can't wait to get shingles again just for the morphine push. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fucking phenomenal, Jeez. dude. <laughs> and I don't want shingles again. It was <laughs> super fucked, man. It was, it was a wreck of a week. Shingles so. and Pringles, same thing. Once you pop, once you pop, can't. <laughs> Dude, it was, yeah, man. Fuck shingles. It, it, oh, it I is, bet it is. And I had it in my optic nerve, so I had a migraine how for many days. How do you? How do you get shingles and optic nerve? Oh, it's okay, man. Now I have scarring in my eye and oh, I have double great. vision in that eye. Permanently. Oh, cool. It's not like extra horrible. vision. It's not horrible. Like if <laughs> I get one extra vision, <laughs> if I see everything, like when that when I was first recovering from shingles in my eye, you know how you had those old kaleidoscopes that you would look through, and there'd be like five Joshes in this yeah. kaleidoscope. Right now, I was out canopy coaching one day, and I was looking up, and I just can't focus on the canopies, and I can't figure it out. Man, I just cannot. And I close my bad eye. I'm like, okay, okay, I can see it. Okay, this is good. I'm like, oh, no, okay, okay, this is good. And I just kept looking with my good eye. And at some point, I closed my good eye and opened my bad eye. And I'm like, it's a fucking, it literally looked like a kaleidoscope. There were like five uh, canopies all spread out. It's not supposed to be like that. No, now (laughs) if I look at, like behind you, there's some straight lines on that poster frame. Just looking out with both my eyes, there's no big deal. But if I close my left eye and with just my right eye, I can see slight, just barely a deviation. The further apart it is, the more it is. Sure. But it's just barely. I, when I go to my optometrist, I have the same optometrist now, but I, I got a new one. I had to explain, like, um, I have some problems with my right eye. This is what's going on. I've had shingles. Like, thank you for telling me. Yeah. Because I was about to ask you a bunch of questions when I look in your eyeball based off what you're about, what you told hmm. me. And they get my eye, I'm like, Oh, yeah, nope. Yeah, yep. your eye yeah, yeah, sucks. I'm like, yeah, great. Do any of them tell you that you're shingle and ready to mingle? <laughs> Man, that really, like, struck a nerve. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys need to have one of those dad joke competitions. Like, I see. Like, first to laugh, you know? Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, great. Oh, dude, that would be so great. I, I lo- see. Do those two. There was uh, <laughs> a, a local bar, I think, that hosted a, really? a dad joke competition. <sighs> that would be yeah. fun. Yeah. It just is. <laughs> I would lose horribly. So, I, I what I wanted to do is have it at the DZ, like on some bad weather day, and have just a ton of the bad dad jokes printed up and not give them to anybody, and make you read them to each other because that's where you. That gonna, sounds fun. Oh yeah, that's where you're gonna lose if you're telling them yourself. Oh no no yeah they got to be completely random like yeah. oh, god damn here we go because it's <laughs> the, the best part is watching <laughs> the reader laugh not the recipient like I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be man. Great. If you find the dad jokes, I will read them. <laughs> oh man, it, it it would be a good time to just line up uh, DZ staff and just do this some random shitty ass weather day. You know, or that's you know, or you play that with uh, you know, if it's a if it's a you know kind of a mediocre weather day, or you're not jumping, you got a bunch of tandem sitting on the ground. You know, playing that with you know you know getting them involved, playing that just to kind of keep you know keep uh, keep tandem customers busy and. Or, or, you know, staff versus, you know, customer or something like that. That's, yeah, kinda, that's fun. Kind of keep them busy. It'd be fun. It'd be yeah. Good games like that. Yeah, that's right. Staff against customers. So now piss off your TI by beating them. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bad TI joke is telling the student, pick a number one through 10. 
regardless of what number they say, disconnect the top hookup. Wrong. Try oh, again. God. <laughs> oh, shit. Way to win friends and influence people. I don't think that joke. Have you seen that in the plane in forever? It's been a long time. I'm yeah. pretty sure that that would, it's, it's pretty against the rules. I don't yeah. know. No. I don't know. Just hook, have them hook up in time. You're just good. Okay. You do it like super early. You don't do it when the door is open. <laughs> like, hey, the by way the out. way, see, see the ground right there? <laughs> 95, <laughs> 95 knots. Say hey, what's your favorite number? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I always did it Wrong, right. Wrong, motherfucker. I did it right on hookup, well before we were on jump run. And it actually, I, I always picked the customer. Because if the person was super nervous, I just was like, we're going to handle you. With oh, sure. Yeah. But it usually brought some levity. People laugh. People oh, yeah. got a good ch- a chuckle. It was fun. I also like to say, hey, see, see those clouds out there? Yeah. If you feel something warm and wet, I, I pee myself sometimes. <laughs> 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 it's cold and wet. Cold and wet. <laughs> warm and wet. Your pee is cold? No, the clouds, though. Cold and wet. I'm okay. <laughs> man, I really appreciate Josh you you being around, man. It Anytime, really man. It's uh, it's always a good time with you guys. It, it's like I said, it's hard to be motivated sometimes to put the show together. Sure. Uh, it's so thankful when I saw you the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a guest who can get me motiva- motivated. Oh man, thanks. somebody That's can awesome. sit back. Well, Nick talked about this the other day. Knowing that I could motivate people is great. It's a uh, it's something that I needed to hear from you, and I've actually heard it from a few guests. Um, Matt, um, not guests, but fans, Matt, uh, the UPS driver, mm-hmm. uh, he mentioned something about it as well. And it, I've, I've come to find and realize that a lot of people who listen to the show don't always care for the technical aspects. We do have a lot of new jumpers, and we do talk sure. a lot about skydiving. Um, and I honestly have gotten to a point where I almost feel pressured to produce something skydiving related, and that's something I never wanted from the show. And I think that kind of uh, is is what has just put a lot of pressure on me. And and knowing you were an option and hearing that conversation with, I think it was you recently where you said, uh, just our shoot the shit sessions are the best. Or these are the best ones. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just I like, I, I, I don't, it's well, nice to feel like there's not an expectation of what the conversation's supposed to be about. Agenda was the word you used. There's no agenda. And I think it's, you know, a lot of the reasons that I, I liked watching the show was, was, you know, you see some of the people, you see these skydivers out at the drop zone and, and you know, in a very, you know, it's all about skydiving, it's all about skydiving, especially, you know, some of your higher end skydiving, you know, like when you have techs on or, you know, like there, you know, some of those, like it's all about skydiving, you know, and so an opportunity to learn about the person a little bit more that you wouldn't necessarily get out on the drop zone because, man, it's just go, 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 and we're doing this, we're doing this, you know, yeah. um, is, is really, it's really nice. It's really, I think it's great for the community to be able to learn about the people that make up the community more as a person, not just as a, not just as a skydiver, as a, as a really cool opportunity. And I think that this is a great venue to do that. And I think you guys do a really good job of, of, of kind of highlighting that and, in, and thus improving, you know, the overall community structure. So. Yeah, that really was a huge part of my goal was, I called it to get to know your heroes. Yeah. Because at the time we started, it was just us local Spaceland people on the show, uh, just local Spaceland jumpers listening and like, hey, man, you know these instructors, you know these video guys, but you don't ever get to know them. This is your chance to get to know them off the DZ. Absolutely. And, and so it's been good. It's been good to get back. Uh, I will say we have a couple weeks down coming up. My sister is in town next week. Um, I guess we should have a conversation. I never really thought too hard about that. We do have some <laughs> plans. 
Um, I'm not worried about my sister embarrassing me. I do that plenty well myself, man. No, she, she's if, got good stories. I, I get that. I mean, and I think one of the reasons also that we didn't have a show for a while is a few people that we asked who I thought would be like, yeah, I'll come do that. Oh, man. Some people shot us down. Oh, fuck. It was horrible. And really, I man. don't mind one bit. I respect to those guys and gals who, who shot us down. I actually just guys. But I was shocked. I really thought uh, two in particular would be super gung-ho. And the, I'm like, oh. And, and almost everyone, like at the end of a podcast, someone who hasn't been on the show before, almost everyone will say, man, that wasn't that was a lot more fun than I thought it was oh, going to yeah. be. And uh, I get, you know, I don't think nervous is the right word that I would uh, describe, my, you know, when we did the first podcast. Like, I wasn't nervous about it, but it was kind of like, anxious. man, where's the, where is this going to go? It's just the unknown. Um, yeah, know? like, am I going to say something that's going to get me in trouble? Like, <laughs> yes. I, so I, I can totally relate to that feeling, but it's like, man, we've done a few of these so far. We're pretty good at navig- you know, navigating the waters of staying out of, you know, I wouldn't intentionally, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. lead someone down a, a you know, a knowingly incriminating sure. path. That's a standard uh, pre-podcast question, yeah, now, right? Yeah, what's, yeah. What's off limits? And I think we've maybe nothing. twice had somebody say something's off limits. It's a super, super rare. Mm-hmm. People really tend to be open books. Uh, next week, I don't think we're going to do something. I did want to talk to you uh, about maybe having dinner with us next week sometime. I think my sister and you will both enjoy. Okay. I maybe cook dinner here for everybody. We'll talk about that later on. Um, Miss you, Debbie. The week after I am out of town, uh, myself traveling, doing a little work for Spaceland. Um, I get to go to San Marcos for a few days. And uh, nice. that's a lot. Of, yeah, dude, it's, it's fun. I get to go work with the staff there a little bit. So... Um, I don't travel as much as I used to, and that's by design and intent. Um, God. But I am super excited to to, to get away. That'll for be me again one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I hate it. So we're gonna be back off for a couple weeks, guys. So sorry, we are trying to get back to a normal schedule. We are trying to get back at it. Just a couple weeks down, just because I, I have to. It's life. It is what it is. Uh, but we have Matthew Peterson queued up. He is going to be on the show sometime soon. Uh, Nick has a good buddy of ours. I don't know if he's willing to say that name yet or not. He's working on. We'll say it later. We'll say it later. <laughs> um, yeah, right now, he's just going to try to hide it, and that's that's fine by me. I get it. I <laughs> get it. Uh, what, is this a me being in the closet joke? What's yes, happening? it is. 100%. <laughs> uh, no, it's over your head. <laughs> so is everything. Uh, that's not um, special. Uh, and I got a couple of other friends. Uh, Nicole Black is talked about coming back on the show sometime nice. soon. So we have a few people coming. We have a few things coming up. Um, the Texas shootout is coming up soon. Yep. Uh, we Next have uh, no, 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 no. The Texas shootout accuracy competition. Oh, that's that something. Yep, yep. I'm thinking of what am I thinking of this weekend? Uh, some four way conference. Yeah. Um, but we have that coming, so we'll we'll be announcing those uh, soon. But I bring that up because finale weekend is October 23rd. October 23rd. Not only do we do the finals for the Texas shootout mm. accuracy competition, what else happens that night, Mister P? The 23rd. October 23rd. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a film festival. That sounds like a film yeah, festival. Like so this right is weekend. the earliest I've set the date for the film festival ever. And yep. there you go. October 23rd. Uh, we will have it. We'll announce more details. Um, Till then, anything you got to share, Mr. Shyrod? No, thanks for... Man, it's always a great time. And, and uh, thanks for, for letting me come on and, and uh, hang out with you guys. It's Like I said, it's always a pleasure. Uh, if I can... You know, answer any questions about you know any kind of uh, you know, less lethal needs for anybody out there. Let me know. Uh, I'd love to get with anybody to to, to kind of help them out in that arena. So uh, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook or text me if you got my number or I don't know, find me somewhere. So and uh, yeah, he's a great trainer. He's a great teacher. He has taught me a lot just in a limited time together. And I don't think we've ever oh, really gotten to be in a, a real formal training environment sure. with with firearms, but just in that time in the DZ, standing in the back patio talking about things, um, using our hands. Man, our <laughs> fingers are loaded weapons. I will put my eye, your eye with that. 
Um, he's a phenomenal teacher. So if you really are interested, hit up Josh. He's a great guy. Thanks, Mr. Ginger. What up? It's been a long time since we've had you on the show. It has been a long time. It's like the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Womp womp. Womp womp. Yeah, I'm used to that. Yeah, yeah. Anything <laughs> you want to share, buddy? Anything new in your life? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just wedding planning right now. So. Yeah, you got engaged. That's what I was going to say. Life. Congratulations. Sure new? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ain't been on the show since you've been engaged, have you? I, I, I guess not. No. no. Holy shit. What's up? A while. It has, man. So Justin uh, has an old friend in his life named Abby. And uh, I say old friend. Uh, got rekindled, reacquainted, mm-hmm. and fortunately, Valerie and I got to meet this gal um, uh, at the rodeo cookoff before COVID. Yeah, right before COVID. Yeah, dude, what a fucking sweetheart of a girl. You fucking did well, brother. You guys both deserve each other. Most love in the world, man. I like how you say, like, Thanks. you deserve each other. <laughs> you do well, you, they do, man. You know, <laughs> it's so often that you, you tell a friend that they deserve her, um, but sure. you got to remind, remind that you deserve them as well. Yeah. You know, and I always, uh, and Justin, uh, we've had our own private conversations about it, so... Um, that, that's what a wonderful couple, man. What a wonderful girl, dude. So super happy for you, bro. And Thanks, man. yeah, if it wasn't for her, children. I, I don't know if I would have survived COVID, honestly, like being by myself, I'm still working from home over a year, a year and a month now. I don't know if I would have been able to like, I still go crazy being sequestered, having no one else there. I would have gone absolutely insane. Like I probably, I don't know what would have happened. But now you but, got cocoa bean and Cheeto. Yeah, I do now. I got yeah, little kittens in their life. I got little kittens. Mr. Friends, friends of ours have a sh- had a shop cat, and they it gave birth. So <laughs> instead of instead of the the kittens dying because they were covered, like, they were covered in fleas, and they were on, on their last legs. We just said, "Fuck it, we'll take them." That's where Ralph came from. He's a drop zone RV park kitty. So <laughs> fair, I can see that. Yeah, he yeah. seems super chill. So. He's a dick. No. He attacks well, people. He, Most cats are assholes. Ass. Have you met this cat? Mr. P, <laughs> you got anything? Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Skydive every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, it helps our numbers. Like <laughs> Smoke weed every day. No, that's not, no? not what I oh, said. That's the wrong one. Yo, guys and gals, Grand Lab Radio. Sorry for the break. Sorry for the delay. We are going to take a little short break again, but we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, we don't know with who yet, but we'll see. Till then, would, would you quit the police force? Did you say fuck the police and leave? I, I said that before. Did okay. you do a desk pop? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, desk pop. <laughs> desk pop. I so badly wanted to do a desk pop. What, do movie, what movie is that from? Uh, the Other Guys? Yeah, The Other, the other guys. guys. Yeah. Oh, look, he's flying. 